Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 19 of FPL Black Box. We don't do a podcast for ages, Mark, and then two in a couple of days. We're back again. Is it episode 19 or is it episode 17? I think it's game week 19. You've got the, you've got the episode number wrong. What a start. <laughs> is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I well, think it is. Game I week think, 19, episode I think it's game I think we game, up. No, we're one behind. I think it's we're even two behind. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We've got a new episode, haven't we? So we'll we'll correct that. We'll correct that. If it's not technical time. problems. It's it's <laughs> right. Basically, when I'm in charge of anything, this is what uh, this is what seems to happen. Um, yeah, it's a reflection yeah. of the game week as well, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> oh God, yeah. That's my head's my head's not my head's not there. And you can see there is a, a notable absentee from my wall. He is he is quite literally in the bin. He is still in the bin. Um, and it's going to take me a while, I think, to get over what happened. How many, yeah, how many nice people night. saw that video? Quite a few. It, it almost <laughs> went viral, didn't it? Actually, I, I think it kind of has gone viral. It's, viral? It, it's had it's had two and a half thousand likes, and it's been viewed sixty one thousand times. Yeah, I was going to feature so, it in the show, but I didn't have time to get it in on a. On a <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, um, basically, it's a short video of As facing the wall behind him there, where he used to have a picture of Raheem Sterling, and the video shows him taking Raheem off the wall and putting him unceremoniously in the bin following mm-hmm. the incidents of last night. Um, what was of note in the video for me was the look on your face um, as yep. you were there at the wall uh, and also the rather yep. attractive slippers you were wearing. I mean, we yes, were, thank we, you. We yeah. accuse um, Let's Talk FBL of being Mr. Slippers and there you were, <laughs> you know, cosy pair of slippers yourself. But um, I tell you, they are, they are comfy, comfy slippers. They look really good. comfy slippers. Yeah. So say did, what you want, you know, you, comfort um, over style. Did you take satisfaction from binning Raheem like that? Uh, I did, yeah, and I also take satisfaction with the fact that he's now gone from my actual FPL team. Um, I just, I, I can't think of a worse moment in, in FPL than than that specific moment. You know, 90th minute against my own team, um, you know, and it's not like that was going to win them the game or draw them the game, so I could literally hope that he scored it rather than, you know, being a bit conflicted. Uh, you know, so late on, you know, my captain with the assist and 
you know, for the player who was being benched and comes on, it was, it's, I worked it out, it was 19 points for oh, us. was it 19? I thought it was 15. 19. I put, I put Assume, it in, that makes it worse. Assuming, assuming De Bruyne De, gets the bonus, yeah. As soon as he gets the free bonus, yeah, it's not, it's 19 points. And he, if, if De Bruyne had taken it, um, I think it would have been 12. Right. I mean, Sterling wouldn't have got a bonus, I don't think. But De Bruyne... No, would... that's not including his... That's not including any nine, bonus. Was it really it? 19? I thought it was... 19, that's made yeah. me feel even worse now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? Because I... Um, a chain of events here, because there was a lot of frenzied selection problems going on the day before the deadline, wasn't it? We, myself, we were panicking hard, weren't yeah, we? All three we of really us. We were. And I was talking to Ian Irving, friend of the show, who hosts the FBL show, and he's actually... Um, PLP's Premier League Productions correspondent up, up in Manchester, and he was lucky enough to be in the Pep Guardiola press conference. So I basically wow. got a message from him saying that he'd actually asked Pep the direct question, was Sterling fit? And he messaged me saying, 100% fit. And I said, are you sure? How do you know? And he went, I asked Pep directly. I went, oh, fair enough. I'll take that as a... <laughs> I can't, can't really argue with that. <laughs> so then he, then he followed up with going, oh, I'm really tempted. And I was like, yeah, I'm tempted as well. Um, I really thought he would start. I really did because obviously mm. he was he was absent at the game before um supposedly unfit and so Ian put him in I put him in and um then, then obviously we had the disappointment of him being on the bench and then with 10 minutes to go he came on I was like oh god if I didn't you know I would have got six points off my bench if he hadn't come on so I was kind of like oh maybe he'll get a goal late on then when the penalty was awarded I immediately thought oh De Bruyne a big haul for captain mm. great and then yeah. I heard the, the commentator go, and Sterling steps up. I was like, oh, what's happened here? And actually, Sean, who's the producer, used to be the producer on the official show, sent me a video today, and you can clearly see De Bruyne saying, I don't want the penalty, and talking to Gundogan, giving the ball to Gundogan, and then Sterling was milling around and must have said something, and Gundogan gave it to Sterling. Wow. So Gundogan was going to take it. Just for all those Gundogan owners out there who felt who didn't feel so bad. But yeah. Yeah, just to bring them bring them down bring them to our down. level, Mark. Bring, bring them all down. <laughs> um, so Sterling Love stepped it. up. And th- at that moment, there was it seemed like about an hour, didn't it, between Sterling standing on the spot and actually hitting the shot. When well, I heard he was taking it. Yeah. I, my first thought was he's, he's missing this. Well, my right. first thoughts were elation as in, I'm going to get, I'm going to get six, seven points out of Sterling and bonus for De Bruyne and the assist. You know, I was immediately calculating the gain. And then, then it dawned on me that he could miss because he's awful at penalties. <laughs> and then lo and behold, I mean, even from my wildest imaginations, I did not expect him to sky it like that. No. And I no. immediately texted Ian saying, I don't believe it. And he must have been doing something. Maybe he was covering the game or something. But about five minutes later, he texted me back saying that was the worst event mm. he had in his FBL career. Yeah. So he was mm. he was with us. Well, Luke, Luke messaged us, didn't he? And he said, this is exactly where like having too much information cost us. Because I kind of always thought to myself, if Sterling's past fit, I want him. He was yeah. always my kind of main target. Because I, I mean, I got a lot of stuff wrong this week. I thought Newcastle were going to win. I thought Brighton were going to thrash um I'm probably going to get thrashed um I thought Arsenal were going to w- maybe well I wasn't really too sure about Arsenal um and Spurs uh I think we got that one right we kind of thought that Fulham would mm. have a bit, bit of a fight uh, and I wasn't too sure about the United game but the yeah the the, the Brighton game was a, a 1-0 City was not a result I was expecting so I really wanted to double up with the two best City attackers had I not listened to that podcast and I just stuck with that team I talked about on the free hit and you know, because it, it wasn't just it wasn't just like I did Son to to Sterling. It was also I did I took Regulon out, and I didn't do that. It wasn't mind games. I just 
I, I needed the cash. I can't take any credit for you making that. No, uh, you can't. I just needed the cash. So I ended up doing, um, I did Sace to Clark, which was fine because that was kind of, you know, they both got two points or one point or whatever. Uh, but then I did Regulon, um, Regulon out and um, and uh, Son. So I was worried watching that, that game, that Spurs game, because Son could have had two goals in that. Oh, God, yeah. As well. Yeah. What a save. Marola, the first one. Wow. So it could Many have been. Times. It could have been. These last minute changes, the black box learning, these last minute changes just don't work. Yeah, I mean, that day was hell, wasn't it? The day before free hit deadline. We did the stream the night before and we were all quite calm, I thought. We actually knew what we were doing. And I was very much in the camp of two Man City defenders, wasn't going to get sucked in by Sterling. And something about the next day, I slept on it, woke up the next day and thought, maybe just for this one week, because it's a free hit, I should be a bit braver. We wanted someone a bit different because his ownership is so low. Yeah. Yeah. And we were just sucked in by Sterling's mystique. And um, I mean, we knew he wasn't having a great season, but also I pointed out to someone on Twitter who said this to me, he had returned in five of the last six matches. It's not, he was in decent form when he was playing. Um, So, oh, it's just just fancied him in that game. Like we were saying, I just fancied him up against whoever it would would be, Byrne or Veltman. I just really fancied seeing yeah. that game. And but he didn't really get that, did he? He didn't really get that no. opportunity. No. Um, the, the question is, 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 you know, we've seen some brilliant performances from City against United, against Newcastle, uh, against Chelsea. Was that the blip? Are they actually just not that good again? Or was, yeah. you know, that's, that's well, the thing. And that's what, that's what people, that's, well, I guess that's what we're going to try and answer today. We're going to look at some data. We're going to look at um, another Man City player who's obviously emerging. That's Phil Foden in the show as well. Um, yeah, we're going to go through, um, we're going to look at some heavy hitters and see whether they have declined over the last three or four weeks. The narrative is that Salah, Bruno Fernandes, they're all kind of fatigued a bit and they're dipping. So we're going to have a look at some data behind that. And then obviously we're going to preview the game week and talk a bit about, well, quite a lot about our teams, I'm sure, because I'm probably bench boosting. Still? Even, yeah, yeah, I think so. Wow. Um, but we'll look at that in a lot of detail. I think we'll spend quite a lot on the last part of the show rather than the middle bit where we normally ramble on. We've rambled on about this quite long enough. So let's look at our teams. Let's look at the damage done. I've put little points in the corner now. So 34 points that people can see with a free hit played. Your team there. Um, oh, very this, nice. This is before tonight. This is before the disappointment of Tierney not turning up for you oh, as well. Oh, my God. I mean, that oh, is just dear. like, it's like just kick a dying dog when it's down you know like <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah, I mean Mitchell's Mitchell's keeping a clean sheet which is nice so he, he might come on but that would mean that Smith Rowe and Lacazette don't get anything so I'd, yeah, ra- I'd rather they I'd rather they do something on the plus side overall it's been a very low scoring week so in a way oh, it doesn't matter what you do the only thing you could have done with a free hit that would have come out very well at the moment if Lacazette does blank is play five at the back and I've got to say, I did look at that. I did set a team up with 5-4-1 at one point. I mean, blimey, I set a team up with every permutation, so I got <laughs> credit for that. I must have had about 40 different players in my team on that day. I should have been working. And I said, like, oh, it's good. I've only got lunch hour, so I won't be able to tinker too much. What a nonsense that was. I spent almost the entire day doing it. I hope my boss isn't watching. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, was there any success we, here? I guess the we, we did mention it. We did mention with the triple up. The you know we mm. said the the top the top teams this week are going to be the, the the people that are brave enough to triple up on you know United clean sheet or City clean sheet or Spurs was always off because you never really know who's gonna who's gonna play. Sheffield United, Sheffield United, or Sheffield United. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I ended up back, backing Clark because we talked about his set piece threat. Mm. Sheffield United were the worst team. Didn't, they didn't even, did they actually win a corner? I think I can't they even remember them having a corner. Right. Okay. I mean, I mean, Wilson had a really good chance, mm. like, you know, out of nothing, just, you know, had a header that he should have scored with. But I, I've never, not only have I never seen a team play as badly as Newcastle in that match, I don't think. I've never seen a team make someone like Sheffield United look as good. Sheffield United played I mean, very well, didn't they? They played very well, but they were allowed to play very well. I mean, it was, it was, I, I honestly, that, that Newcastle match, it, I've got a Newcastle friend, it's embarrassing. Newcastle it's, friend? It, All right, okay, sorry, I had to do Newcastle that. Newcastle friend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle mate. Right. That's okay. no better, yeah. is it? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, I mean, just just a joke, just just an absolute joke. And, and you know, Fraser summed it up. I mean, you know, he, he gets booked for the two identical oh. fouls within about five minutes of each other. Um, penalty was contentious. I, I still don't think it was a was a penalty. Yeah, it looked like they had almost sharp moved, moved his arm onto it. You know, rather know. than Fernandez moving his arm onto it, it was it was like sharp instigated the foul almost. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there wasn't too much complaint. I mean, it went exactly as I said. Though I was right. Bruce turned up with a ridiculous formation. You were, you and were completely Sheffield United on. on the front foot, and I so I thought, all but one thing. Yeah, well, he had chances. <laughs> he had one. The Goldrick we're talking about, who was the main topic of the stream we did on Monday night. I had my Goldrick up front, as we'll see in a moment. Uh, actually, let's just look at the team now. I mean, it's not much better for yeah, move, at the moment. Move on. I've got nothing yeah. else to say. Um, McGoldrick <laughs> had a couple of chances, didn't he? He had one, which was a decent shot, which Darlow saved, and then that header in the second half, in the first half as well, it went over, which he should have done better with. He, he got tired, though. I mean, he can only last an hour. He, he was flagging. Yeah. So I was hopeful second half, but he didn't really do anything second half. But... I don't know. I, it, it was a lot more fun watching McGoldrick than I imagine it was watching Wilson. And that was the whole <laughs> point of it, really. Because I just didn't want to watch Wilson feeding off scraps. Yeah. I mean, the thing is with Wilson, you know that he only needs one one chance. Well, he had one chance, but he, well, he doesn't, does he? Yeah. 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 As soon as Fraser went off, it, it was, I knew he was, he was going to get nothing. But, you know, up until then, I was, I was still quite hopeful. I mean, the man of the batch for me was Bogle on your bench there. I mean, he was such a threat throughout mm. throughout the game. But like I said, you, you know, Newcastle, it, the, the passing accuracy was, if you look at their passing stats, it was like the worst, I think, this season. And they just couldn't do a short pass. They had no pressure. I think they had the worst turnovers for for pressing and everything. Like if you look at their stats, everything is is just like rock bottom for not only this game, but over, since November or something. Um, there doesn't seem to be any real plan. They're playing five at the back against worst, the worst team in the league. Um, you know, a few months ago, I was billing them as a, you know, a rejuvenated attacking side with Fraser and Almiron and, and St. Mm. Maximan and all this. And they're just, they're just crap. They're well, maybe, just, they're, they're just fair, crap. Maybe you need St. Maximan back. It doesn't make much sense though to approach that Sheffield United game quite the way he did. I, mean, I was expecting him to be on the back foot, but not that much. I mean, he gave them, talk about showing them respect. It was crazy, wasn't it? But uh, anyway, elsewhere, I thought I was unlucky with the Maguire goal. Did you see that? I, I, oh my, yeah. I mean, nothing wrong uh, with that. I know. I, I did the match of the day challenge with it. So I actually watched the match back in full, fast forwarding through the, the dull bits. And when the goal went in, quite I was like, fast forwarding oh, I was like, that's a goal. And then I heard, I was like, why have they disallowed it? And it's like, oh, that's a 15 pointer there. I lost. So yeah, that yeah. was a bit unfortunate as well. But what can you do? It's just one of those, it's just one of those weeks. Like it just, yeah. it just wasn't, it wasn't a free hit. It could have been a free hit a week because 
mm. you know, I think there's, there was potential for, for quite a few points, but it just, it just wasn't. I think if you've, if you've kept your free hit, like people like Late Riser have and stuff, and you've got around the 40 point mark, you're laughing. Because, oh, brilliant. What was that? Yeah. 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 Cause they're only going to be as good as a few points behind. I mean, I, I mean, I would have only got about 25 points, right? I only had five players and, um, so I think I had to, luckily I had to do it. If I'd have had seven players and done the free hit, I'd have been pretty gutted. So it's a good job I did only have five. I mean, I, I guess I could have gone to six for my transfer. But I think that was just about enough where I don't look back and go, oh, it was a complete disaster. But it's no. pretty much pretty much a fail. But what can you do? It's not, it's not because we selected the wrong players. It's because at the moment, <laughs> no one did really well, did I they? Know. I so, know. I mean, the, high, the highest scores I'm seeing are kind of what, high 50s? Mm. low 60s and we're kind of around the 40 ish mark mm. i mean it's just everyone's everyone's this wasn't i mean has there been any double digit hauls even uh any players i don't know i don't not sure there has to be honest i'm not going to look now but what i'm going to show you i'll have a quick look yeah is the free hit data um so this is um off Vagabolly's website which shows Popper. okay Pop, some I'm people fine. might yeah, some people might obviously Luke was talking about having Foden and then didn't go for him, did he? So yeah, this is the um I think we talked him out of that one. Yeah. <laughs> he went for Jay's Jay's Jesus, didn't he? Yeah, he Oops. did. These are the averages. Um so those who took uh, this is before the Arsenal game. So those with no chip were averaging seventeen point six and those with a free hit thirty nine point seven. So that's a big gap. I mean that's surprisingly twenty two points. I don't think that's the same. Uh, amongst the kind of the, the Twitter community, because I think people who didn't play the free hit are, are around thirty-five to forty points. Mm. So um, overall, obviously, it's it looks like it's a success, but certainly within the circles and leagues that we're playing in, um, pretty much a failure. But at least it wasn't a failure because, like I say, we picked the wrong players. I mean, I think it's very difficult to go. You might have gone Foden, you might have gone Pogba, but Pogba, but they were long shots and risks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and instead, we went Sterling, who is a similar risk, but Son getting Son getting a fifteen pointer would have been oh would have been properly bad. Yeah, I mean, I went Rashford over Son, so when Rashford got six points, I was kind of like, well, that's all right. I could have done with more, but then when you know Son didn't deliver, did he? He should have done, but he didn't. Um, you've got a story to tell. Um, I'm bringing up Dude. someone's team here. Um, I don't really know the background to this, so you'll have to fill us in. I'll fill you. I'll fill you in. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm not doing the um, the rough of the smooth on the scout cast anymore because uh, Seb's Seb's taken over. Um, but I miss them. So I, I, you know, but I don't really miss the smooths uh, that much because you know I'm having a bad season and who cares? I don't want to hear about people doing well. So when I get a nice little horror story coming through, I like to talk about it. So <laughs> this is from at Hendy Penfifth. Uh, and it's a nice little thread he's put together. Um, he's uh, on negative five points. What? With, oh God. Uh, is that before tonight, was it? Negative yeah, five points. Negative five with Tierney <laughs> and, and Lacazette to go. Right. Um, basically, what happened was, uh, the short version is he, he forgot there was a deadline on Tuesday. Well, he remembered a sort of three minutes to the deadline. Uh, he made a quick free hit team. Um, he, he put it together quickly, pressed confirm. Sometimes this happens, you press confirm and the page like refreshes. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No. And it puts it back to the team that you, um, 
<laughs> that you that you did that you had before you made all the transfers oh my god don't tell me that i won't sleep next time next year yeah so I this is the problem that, with like last no. minute changes so he made all oh. these because i think it, it timed out so obviously if he'd yes. done it and he'd spent a load of time on it probably timed out yeah um so he put it back so he had to make an even quicker free hit team so he basically just pressed a load of buttons pressed auto complete was like oh my god auto complete use the auto complete wow use okay. use the auto complete to pick a few players right. uh then realized he hadn't pressed the free hit so went back into the team, made another transfer, pressed a free hit. But by then, the game was updating. Oh, no. So he didn't know whether his free hit had gone through. Um, turns out he hadn't. <laughs> he took a minus 36 um, hit. Uh, and, you know, he had Sterling, you know, De Bruyne. It's, it's not, I mean, it wouldn't be a disaster. But obviously with the minus 36... It is a disaster. Yeah, it's and... Dubravka, Wambasaka, Tierney, who hasn't played, Cancelo, Mina, Rafina, Fernandez, De Bruyne, Captain, Sterling on the minus one, Lacazette and Wilson. It's a decent free hit team. It wouldn't have done very well, like if you have a free hit team, but it was a decent one. Uh, and, he, and he was doing all right. I mean, he was, uh, he, where did he say his rank was? Uh, he, you know, he, he's lost, he's lost like hundreds of thousands of places. All the hard work he'd spend, all the time he spend in the Twitter community, you know, 18 weeks of pain and then you do something like that. And it reminds me, you know, remember when Spencer didn't wildcard, didn't press the wildcard button and he, you know, took a 50-point hit or something. Like, it happens. Tom Fenley happened to Tom, didn't it? Um, did you see uh, Suj from Planet FBL forgot to play his free hit as well? I don't think he, I don't think he did a massive hit of points, but just completely, he didn't get to, yeah. he missed the deadline. Which is awkward when you're on a podcast. I'm glad we haven't done that. Not Spencer's quite. in the chat. Oh, he, is he? Oh, this is you're famous for this, Spencer. Yeah, look, he's in yeah. there going, all right, all right, all right, all right. No, you only mention it up it every, every week. other week, Spencer. <laughs> yeah, so I thought I'd just give him a shout out. I mean, you know, it's a oh, there you go. He he had um, a seven hundred thousand rank drop. Wow. So absolutely brutal. I mean, it's like the Sterling thing. I said I was on the official pod today, and I said that actually. The Sterling thing, while it hurt, it does give us a story we can tell in years to come, like the Mane triple captain last year. And you remember these these events, don't you? You remember, oh, do you remember when we played the free hit and Sterling went up to take a penalty with, with a minute to go in the last minute? And then, oh. So we get that out of it. We get a little story to tell our kids, basically, yeah. about the free hit week. <laughs> well, my, my kind of motto with with a lot of things is is your rank is the kind of story of your season. Like I can I look back at all of my ranks and I can remember things about those ranks that kind of got me there. Mm. And it's you know, it sounds a bit corny, but like there's you know if you finish low, you, there's a reason for it. You, it was the COVID year. You had the Sterling miss. You know it's not. I know people look at it and just see a number, but you know I look at some of my ranks, like my my one last year. That isn't just like a thirteen thousand rank. That was the rise from 150,000 sort of six weeks before to that. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's and like even even going back like 10 years, the 340,000 rank I had, the worst rank I've had, um, that was because I went for Rubinho over Berbatov. And Berbatov scored those four, four or five goals against uh, Blackburn, was it? Uh, on like Boxing Day. And um, I'd picked Rubinho. I don't even think he played. And like, I don't know. There's these kind of stories and tales and stuff are kind of why we play. While we yeah. play the game, isn't I mean, it? So, my worst season, I, I always remember not having Ramsey and Torre. And I, I remember yeah. playing the wildcard and having them both in my wildcard team and taking them out last minute because I didn't believe either of them could maintain the <laughs> form. And then because I'd done that, I was so stubborn, I didn't want to go back and go, oh, I was wrong. You know, obviously, 
that's why we do yep. the show now for you to say, do it, Mark, what are you doing? You idiot. But back then I didn't have someone like you to tell me that. I just had Joe and Granville <laughs> to take the mickey out of me, basically. So they weren't going to help me. Um, yeah. And so you're right. When every season has a tail, doesn't it? And this season will be punctuated by, for us, by that Sterling interview. Yeah. So, you know, you, I think I said on Twitter, it's like, you've got to laugh it off and you've got to put it down to, oh, well, at least I got a story out of it. You know, it's not, I didn't get the 19 i got yeah exactly and i think with all you know with all the kind of craziness that's going on with all the fixture changes and the you know planning's harder than ever i think you've got to you've got to cut yourself a bit of slack right it's kind of it just you know i know we all care about the game i know you know i, I don't i don't advocate not planning things because that's part of the fun isn't it working out what players to bring in and double game and all that stuff but i think at the end of the season however you've done if you've done well, I think you take credit because you've done well in an amazing season. If you do badly, I think you just say, well, this wasn't it like any other season has ever been or ever will be again. So whatever yeah. happens, I think just try and stay. We're trying to stay upbeat, aren't we, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, I don't know if you've been hearing always cheating or comparing FBL to an RPG, to a video game like RPG. And I, and I said today on the official pod, it's almost like we are playing a video game and we're playing it on a higher difficulty level. We're playing mm. almost on, you know, like God mode or Iron Man mode, if you like, where you're planning just <laughs> Insta kill, you've got to start again. Yeah, if you, exactly. If you, oh, yeah. It is like that. It's SFBL on a higher level of difficulty. And it's at, we've got to look at it and go, well, I'm going to see how I get on and I'll have some stories at the end of it and it's a challenge and it's not going to be like this again. So I think embrace it and try and have some fun and don't get too down if things aren't going your way. Um, Dark Souls FPL. Yeah, Dark it is, it is. Oh God, Dark Souls, don't start me on that. I can't go near it. <laughs> I can't I played about an hour of it. I just can't I can't do it. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm God of War not doing that to myself. We could turn this into a video games. Uh, <laughs> we could, yeah. Might, um, might get a different different crowd coming in. <laughs> but yeah, always cheating and doing their best to do that as well. Um quick check in on the great and the good FBL general at the top talk. I mean, you know, talking about FBL managers who have rise into the challenge, the guy's on fire. Can't put a foot wrong at the moment. Um, well, not badly wrong. He has occasional bad game. It's been nothing disastrous. And I think that's been his secret. He's had he's had probably as many good game weeks of all of us, but he hasn't had bad ones. And and that's the consistency. He's put him at the top. He's overtaken, or he's level with Fabio now on 1,139 points. Um, you know, I think I closed to about 30 points behind those two. And now they've opened up the gap again to about 70. So FBL Genu and Fabio Borges are top. Fabio Borges, if you don't know, is top of the uh, Hall of Fame on Fantasy Football Scout. He's an absolute legend when it comes to FBL. Um, and then also in this league, we've got Magnus Carlsen, who is obviously the best chess player in the world, who doesn't know he's even in this there. league. Yeah, he's, he doesn't know he's in this league. He doesn't know we talk about him every week. Um, does follow me on Twitter clang um, yeah no we need him on we, we need, do my, need dad. Him on, my dad would yeah. dive you would you would just be account. starstruck you'd be like uh, anyway has any questions you'd be like uh yeah exactly. <laughs> i know i don't know what i do don't know what i do his picture up behind you where raheem used to be wouldn't you i would yeah yeah yeah, yeah magnus is do, doing I, he is very he's a very cool guy yeah and he's a good fbl player um, he's only like 16 points ahead of me though so i'm, I'm chasing him down um and then you're down the bottom there with late riser closing yeah. there. Late riser just 18 points behind. You could find yourself bottom soon, as you've got to get this. You've got to get your Thanks, Mark. I know. I don't <laughs> want to keep on about it. But I've got, a, I've got a secret weapon up mm. my sleeve for the double game week. Mm. 
And I even I'm pretty well set up, I think, for the okay. we Well, we're going to look at your team later on, aren't we? So, oh, well, I'm not going to tell you my secret weapon yet. No, I want to know later. That's fine. Suspense. Um, let's just remind ourselves about the double gaming situation after today, because I mean, it changes every day, doesn't it? It's probably going to change tomorrow as well. Um, what, <laughs> what happened today? Let's get today's update. That was effectively, um, well, the Leeds game has dropped out. The Leeds um, fixture, yeah, yeah. The Leeds, the Leeds fixtures dropped out with Southampton. Um, because takes of the, my Adams away. Yeah, four players that took off me. That game taken three off me. I mean, we'll see later. I mean, it's probably not going to change my plans too much. So Leeds down to just the one game, and that is Brighton at home. Still a good fixture, luckily. Um, and then we've had an additional game week drop in today, which is uh, Newcastle at Villa, which is happening on the Saturday. So effectively, as we'll see when we look at the fixtures, there's a game every day for seven days apart from Friday. We get Friday off, but other than that, a game every day. And um, I don't know if I can take it. I don't know no, if I can no. take it. I know. I know. I feel the same. Are you feeling any fatigue at the moment from it? Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Big yeah. time. I need a I need a circuit break to, to happen. I, you know, I need Boris to, you know, it's, it is draining. It is draining. And it's it's the staggering of, of games and... And then, but then it's the kind of the letdown. Like you know, I'm I had so many eggs in this in this basket tonight of this Arsenal match, and you know, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I've had a pretty rubbish free hit, but you know, Arsenal get a big win against Palace, and you know, I'm back in it. And then you see Tierney's not starting, and then you wait an hour, and then you watch the game, and Arsenal are playing like crap, and you're like, oh, brilliant, this is going to be a one nil or a nil nil, and I'm gonna, it's just yeah, it's just it just feels every match I watch is every honestly the matches I'm watching feel feel draining. Um, unless I'm watching an absolutely mad one, like, you know, a Leeds game against anyone (laughs) or, uh, you know, or or a particularly exciting game. Cause I was watching the United game the other day and I was, I was just bored. I I don't know. I don't know whether it's, I don't know whether it's because there's too much football and I'm watching too much football and it's too staggered, but I'm just, I'm finding it all quite just a bit though. I'm missing that like three o'clock kickoff with like five teams and the buzz around all of that. It's a lot of talk about, you know, the fact that every match is on and it's so staggered and that that is making it harder to accept bad beats, bad luck, in other words. And that, I think, is a, a lot of truth in that. It's really, really tough, isn't it? Um, and, you know, if you're having a bad game week, that bad game week is just dragged out by, you know, in chunks of two or three hours at a time. Uh, and it can get worse and worse and you can spiral. And so it is really tough. And so I look at this and think, oh, my God, six days of, of a game week. And it's not over till the to the following Saturday, uh, and normally we'd get that time off because of the FA Cup to kind of take stock of things, but we're not going to because the um, the Newcastle Villa games on that day. So it will be tough. Will be tough. I think as well. I think the way the kind of the templates formed, and you know, amazingly, without all the kind of injuries that that we might have seen, I find I'm finding a little bit hard to get excited about my team as well. Like I look at my team now, and I've got Bamford, Calvert Lewin, Son, Fernandez, Salah. Uh, like Salchek, Martinez, Kufa, like everyone's got them. Like they're, none of them are none of them are particularly exciting. But it feels like when you try and differentiate yourself and you try and be a bit different, you you get punished. And kind of my most exciting player in my team um, is is probably Trent, who is completely off form, and I don't actually have any faith in him delivering massive hauls. And Cancelo, who I'm convinced is going to get. A massive haul. He's Got starting to, to keep in. He's I mean, starting to creep into more teams. But he's the person who I'm actually genuinely looking at my season and thinking, 
I need you just to go off on one. one. You've got it in you. What, what we it. don't want is him to get an assist and then everyone to get him and then to get the 21 point return. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. that's all, it, all it's going to take is him to get a, like a, a, a double figure return, like 11 points and people jump on him. Um, but I think he's got a 20 pointer in him. He's got like a Trent at Leicester game in him, I think. I mean, he had, he set up Marvis for one-on-one, Marvis flooded yep. it, and then he had a shot, which he manufactured himself in the box with a brilliant little dribble, bit of skill. He could have got the goal and assist in that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Cancelo. I mean, so this is, it's going to be a mad, mad game week, game week 19. I mean, I, you know, when we get to my team, I am excited about it because I've got a lot of double game weekers, but I know exactly what you mean. You look at your team and think, who are the players I'm cheering for here? Because when Salchek scores, kind of everyone we know has got him anyway. And it's like, so you're, you're banking on one or two players to be the difference makers for you. And we want it to be more than that, don't we? That's the thing. Let's start looking at some data. Um, let's look at the team data for defence, first of all. And this is where, once again, City are reigning supreme over the season. So this is sorted by minutes yeah. per expected goals conceded. So it's effectively the quality of chance that the team are giving away. And Man City are conceding an expected goal every 107 minutes. Um, they're right at the top. And then you look at the bottom, it's West Brom at the moment over the season have conceded an expected goal every 44 minutes. So, you know, two goals a game is what they're expected to concede. Whereas City, you know, one every one every 1.2 games or whatever. So it's, it's, it's you know, they're, they're right out on top. Chelsea second, an expected goal every 94 minutes. Expected goal conceded rather than Liverpool third. Interesting to see Liverpool closing right up there. For minutes per chance conceded, they're second to City, 10.6 versus 11.6. So the Liverpool defence, although we talk about Trent being off form, does dangle that hope of still getting a clean sheet every now and then. But it's the big chances. Look at the big chances. A big chance conceded every 43 minutes for Liverpool compared to 80 for City. So when they do concede a chance, that data tells us it's still a glaring chance that should be yeah. scored. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, with when it's Fabinho and, and Matip at, at centre-back, and Henderson in midfield and Robertson and Trent, I fancy them to get a clean sheet against anyone. But as soon as you take one of them out and you put in Phillips or um, was it, Williams or whoever it is, yeah, like they're, they're just, they're like, you know, I think Bino or, or Matip are like decent level Premier League defenders. Whereas those other guys are like, they could play for Sheffield United. You know, they're just not, they're not good enough. And, you know, I know, I know they're young, but they're not, they're nowhere near the level that, required to, to play for a team who's who's sort of challenging for for the title so it, it, it massively shows so I don't know I mean I've got the double Liverpool defense um it's it is a bit different is a but it doesn't feel particularly secure but uh, I mean you've got to hope that the United game is a stalemate and they both turn I think up it will I think it will be it could well I can't be. I can't see I think United have got the ability to really go at Liverpool and cause them loads of problems but but will I don't they think do they will. It? No, I don't think they will. No. no, I think. I mean, then again, I wonder whether Solskjaer can do a Marino. Can he shut down their attacking ambition? I mean, they're set up well to catch them on the break. They've got the players to hurt Liverpool, but it's vice versa as well. I think you know Salah hasn't shown form, but you, you can never count against him. And Mane does look sharp, so it, it'd be an interesting game because that could easily be nil nil. And then Liverpool got Burnley, and you've got to think there's a clean sheet in that for Trent and Robertson. So yeah, yeah. 
I think you're all right. I think you'll be okay with a double Liverpool. And this data kind of still reinforces the fact they're up there defensively with the best, the very best. I just outlined uh, Tottenham in this table. They're they're sitting um, seventh at the moment for minutes per XG conceded. But what's interesting is what we talked about on the stream about Lloris is even though they're only conceded a big chance every 85 minutes, which is right up there. I mean, that's even better than Man City's in terms of big chances conceded. They are conceding shots. So minutes per chance conceded, 6.8, is is almost the same as Sheffield United on 6.6. So that shows you that Spurs are letting shots on goal happen, but not quality chances. And that's why Lloris has been useful. He's getting Mm. saves, but he's getting clean sheets as well. So that's the kind of data pairing to look for. When a team is conceding shots, but not big chances, that's where you're going to get your bonus points and saves for the keeper. Because you look at Burnley, and it's kind of similar. They concede a shot every 6.5 but they are conceded big chances more frequently than Spurs. So that's why Pope, you know, he's still effective, but Lloris at the moment looks to be it's that. so expensive though. Five, he is, you're not going to do six. it. Well, then Pope is 5-4. So if you're going to go Pope, you would go the extra mile with Lloris. But, mm. you know, you probably, you know, if you've got Kane and Son, if you want an expensive keeper, Lloris is the way to go, clearly. And Sheffield United, I've just highlighted there because they're creeping up. You know, they were the bottom two third. a few weeks ago. Is that them third over the yeah, last four? Over days? the last four, their defence is rated third on this on this metric. So defensively, Wilder is really sorting them out now. It's difficult because obviously Newcastle were one of their games. So I think we need to see them over long. And, and let's face it, their fixtures are terrible coming up. So, you know, they've got a real test now to see whether they can build on the 1-0. But defensively, they look like they get themselves together. And the team at the bottom, which I think Palace is still nil-nil, is it? Can anyone confirm yeah, that? It sure is. Is Crystal Palace, who going into this Arsenal game, defensively were looking vulnerable. But a lot of that has got to do with the 7-0 defeat to Liverpool, which was absolutely ruthless and was probably an outlier. So hmm, we shouldn't read too much into that. But yeah, it is interesting that Sheffield United have climbed so much and Palace have taken on the form of a whipping boy defensively anyway. Um, we'll have to see how that and Brighton turns. falling down to where they belong. They are. They are beginning to descend to the depths of that table there. I think they're fifth and bottom. We did so, well last night though. You did. You did. And I, I think with the team you selected, I was surprised how well you did. But <laughs> Yes, yeah. so was I. That's how we're talking about throwing in the towel, you know. No, towel, I used it again. Five midfielder. Yep, thanks like for it, the no? acknowledgement. Thanks for the acknowledgement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so attacking data, Liverpool still out on top over the season. Minutes per expected goal, 48.2. Um, right out on top, ahead of Villa on 50 minutes per expected goal. And then Man City on 52.4. I've highlighted Man City because I think if you remember about a month ago, they were about mid-table. Now suddenly they're third. And actually, when it you know, when it comes to minutes per chance, they're generating chances quicker than Liverpool. Um, that I mean, that's to me, it's quite stark the way they've suddenly surged amongst the top attacking teams. We expected them to. We knew that was coming, but it's happened quite quickly. And in fact, minutes per big chance, City have created a big chance every twenty nine point four minutes, which is actually the best in the league now. So suddenly, they were once not creating big chances now. They're coming thick and fast at last. And, we, you know, we had that. We saw Cancelo. Cancelo's probably sat up about six of those big chances recently. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, I guess that, that's the question, like, to ask you. Because, I mean, you know, against against Chelsea particularly, they they were amazing. Like, it was it was by far the best I'd seen them play this season. Um, you know, against United, they played well again. But it's because I'm looking at my team, which we're going to talk about later. And I've got, I've only got Cancelo. 
And so I'm looking at sort of, do I need to get, because, you know, it's, it's a double game week for Man City. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's in in years gone by, it would be an absolute no-brainer. You'd have Aguero, you'd have De Bruyne, you'd have a defender, the whole works. Um, but I'd have to get rid of Son to, to, get a, to get De Bruyne in for a hit as well. And... I still don't know about De Bruyne and it's just, it's like week after week after week. Mm. I'm just still not completely convinced. I mean, first of all, he's too, he's so tired that he can't even take a penalty um, in, in a match. So does he definitely play both, both of the double games? Um, I, I imagine he does, but there is a slight question mark around his fitness. If he's, if, if Pep's saying he's that tired and if he's actually giving the ball, Oh, the sound has dropped out as it's all of a sudden. Oh, I think you're back Hello? now. Can you talk? Yeah. Are you back? I think so. Yeah, you are back. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. I think your sound just dropped out. I think the signal just dropped a bit. I didn't touch anything. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's still playing without a striker. So assist potential, I still think is, is down when, they, when they're not playing, you know, someone up top and there are mm. players filling in positions which they're not entirely comfortable in. He still looks good. He still his stats are still good, still creating chances, still having goal threat and things. But 12 million, I, I still don't I still don't think he's worth it. Well let's look at the player data but he'll probably be the highest scoring he'll probably be the highest scoring player in, in the Yeah, I mean so, this yeah, is it know. over the season he is out on top in terms of the heavy hitters. We're talking Mane, Salah, Bruno and uh, Son, etc. Um De Bruyne are well out and top in terms of minutes per expected goal involvement, um, non-penalty. He's got, he's got a goal involvement every 139.2 minutes of expected goal involvement. So that's right up there with Bamford, Calvert-Lewin and Lacazette now. Um, Lacazette's actually third if you look at regular He's gone off, by the way. Right, has he gone off? So he, 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 that's going to dip now. He's going to go belong, below De Bruyne. So it's Calvert-Lewin, Bamford, Lacazette, De Bruyne. So De Bruyne is statistically... Is, is, is fantastic. I mean, look at his minutes per chance, 23.7. I mean, that's only just behind Bamford. Yeah, he's, the quality of that chance isn't as high as Bamford. He's not getting shots in the box as often, as we'll see with the captain data later. But he is taking more shots than ever this season. Um, I think he's doing everything he can to be the top-scoring player in FBL. But you still yeah. worry about it. You're, you're not convinced. I just don't know. I just, the weeks are ticking by. And, you know, he, it's not like the De Bruyne last season where every week he's returning points and scoring highly. It's, you know, it's, it's a sign of the, the, the kind of the difference in, in the way City play a bit. They're, they're not that kind of, they haven't had that free attacking verve that they've had in previous seasons. They're mixing things up a lot more with Mares coming in and then Bernardo Silva coming in, Foden coming in and Sterling playing on the right some weeks. And, you know, it's, it just is the defence, which is, which is so solid. Um, I don't know. I'm just not. It's been like this for for weeks, and you know, it really punished me that week against Fulham. I mean, he he got an assist and a penalty in that game. I just don't know if this double game week is is. I'm not. I'm not as worried about him in this double game week as well. A maybe I should be, <laughs> and B um, that I would be under normal circumstances. Because we'll see later that he looks very much the default captain and. People will say we're overthinking it if we don't go with De Bruyne. But I'm in the same boat as you. I'm going to have to take a transfer to move Mane or Salah out to get him. Probably will be Mane because you're not going to get rid of Salah because penalties and Salah always seems to come through, doesn't he? But Mane's playing well. 
And he's got Burnley and Man United in uh, games where he can do well. And actually, I, maybe I should use my free transfer on Leeds players to get double game weekers in instead, because otherwise I'm going to have to take points hits. So I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Mm. It's like a kind of luxury, isn't it? If you're taking a double game weaker out for a double game yeah. weaker. Yeah. But when you could be doing because now now you if you're gonna be if you're still planning on doing the bench boost, then getting the single game single player upgraded to a double is maybe more pressing. Yeah, Tough. but I mean what I would Tough. point to is if we look at the ticker and we look at you know, this is the ticker based on fixture ticker based on the next six game weeks. And we look at Man City after the double game against Crystal Palace and Villa. They've got yeah. West Brom, Sheffield United, and yeah, Burnley. Yeah. So if you don't get De Bruyne for nineteen, you're pretty much going to want him for twenty, twenty-one, and twenty-two. Unless the other option is you go wait for it, three City defenders. Because someone suggested it on Twitter today, and I looked at it and think, well, I could go Trent to Stones in the double game week now. Because I don't really want Trent going into 2021 20, 22. I don't form his in. So I'd be carrying Stones into Palace and Villa at home and then having him for West Brom, Sheffield United, Burnley. I'd have three city defenders. And you've got to look at those fixtures 2021 20, 22. That's as good as it gets for clean sheets, you think? Yeah. 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 So I think you've got to have free city. The question is do you want De Bruyne and two defenders or are you going to risk not getting him? I think it is overthinking. I mean, you look at the data over the last four matches look at that De Bruyne in terms of minutes per expected goal involvement non-penalty is top over all players 86.9 minutes every 86.9 minutes he's got an expected goal involvement based on the last four um, for the last four game weeks um, and that's quite telling so you'd be you'd be turning your back on De Bruyne when statistically he's the best player out there for goal involvement yeah Mm, well, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, kind of, I mean, you know, it's, it is the best player in the league we're talking about here. So the fact he's top of the, the list for these, you know, playing in the best team in the league, pretty much. So it's not entirely surprising that, that he's, he's right up there. But I don't know, when I, when I watch City, it, it just does feel like there's something not quite clicking there. And I think you're right. I think he, he is doing everything to, to do it. But it's not just a one-man show, is it? You need everyone else to be on the same page as you and to be, to be, you know, clicking and getting things right. And he can't, he can't do everything himself. Uh, and the question mark is, I think game week twenty with, with West Brom, I can't see any any world in which I don't have him for that because Son's got Liverpool, and it would give me a, a, a you know, I'd, I'd quite easily be able to do Son to. Uh, De Bruyne and and Trent to Stones. Yeah. So that that would get me my three city target that West Brom game, but it's for this double game week. Do and I I'm just not seeing enough to make me think I need to drop everything else, all the other issues in my squad, and I've got plenty of them um, to be you know massively targeting and, and captaining him because I I I'm not convinced he's the best captain option. Anyway, you're not. You're not. I don't think. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think his ceiling is, is as high as Salah's. Right. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll get to the captains at the end of the show. I just wanted to draw your attention to Foden, who's in this table. Further down, over the last four game weeks, a goal involvement or expected goal involvement every 144.4 minutes. Cancelo's down there as well. The only defender in the table in the top 30, 164.6, shows you how involved he is, more or less playing in midfield. What do you make of Foden? 
because we talked about a lot <laughs> on the stream, didn't we? And a lot of people are looking at him now like, should our third Man City player be Foden to save money? Because, you know, I think the commentator said, oh, he's undroppable now, which is a bit of a ridiculous statement when you're talking about Man City. But what, yeah. what do you think about him? Oh, it's, you know, I, I, was, I was asked by, by a friend, um, he asked me if he, if he should be considering Foden the free hit. Yeah. And I, and I said to him, it depends how you want to play. It's, you know, he's, I wouldn't get him because I think he's too risky to start. I think he's got too much competition. Um, but he equally, if he starts, you know that you've got a very, very good chance of getting points from him. He's always, I don't, I don't think anything's changed. He's always been this player that I think City have been crying out for, especially with Silver leaving. I don't know why it's taking Pep so long to, to, to stuck him in, stick him in the team. The question is, has he now decided, okay, Foden is now my main man and I want to play him every week? Or is this just another example of Pep's... I mean, the, the trouble is, look at Mares. That's all I can say is look at Mares. Mares was the golden boy for Man City. Yeah. You know, he, Pep said he's playing the best form of his life. He's undroppable. He's playing the next game. He's fantastic. He has yeah, a good game against Fulham and then he plays against United. He, he misses a one-on-one and shunned forevermore. So... There feels like there's less risk with Foden because there's there's his price is cheaper, but at the same time, I I, I just wouldn't go there. I, I just I, I don't trust him to start in, in, in every game, and I can't be. I, it doesn't feel like I've got that. I think if you're if you're doing well and you want someone to kind of push you up a bit higher, maybe. But where I am, he feels like a luxury player who I can't really afford to be having benchings and you know. 30 minute cameos or you know getting Mitchell off my bench it's, it's just it just isn't I need nailed on players who are going to be starting and, and doing well rather than trying to play the lottery and, and get and get you know with a million I'd rather just have a steady tenor every week than <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know. I, know, I know what you mean and, and you are right about the Mario thing because at the start of the season Sterling was getting picked every game and we were wondering why because he wasn't really producing then Mares came into for uh, into vogue for Pep and he was playing every game now people are saying, well, Foden's going to play every game. Well, yeah, until he's not playing every game. I mean, it's inevitable that eventually he's going to drop out of the team and then we're going to puzzle and wonder why that's happened. It's so difficult to read. And the data I'm showing now shows how far De Bruyne is ahead of the rest of the pack. I think, in fairness, Foden is, when it look, when you look at minutes per chance, he's next best. You've got, you know, a, even like Sterling and Mares are getting a chance of be 39.6 minutes and 32.3, Foden 35.4. That's comparable to Torres as well. There's not there's not much separating the likes of Foden, Mares, Sterling, and Torres in terms of minutes per shot. Um, and you know, I, so I think he's got the potential to be a bargain if you were in the market for a second level, a second tier City attacker, because that's what they are compared to De Bruyne. And I don't know how many people are in the market for that. I mean, everyone talked about Gundogan for the free hit. How many of us really, if we're going to use a Man City slot, are going to waste it on a second tier player? Because I think the defenders and De Bruyne are top tier. You've got Cancelo, Stones and, and Diaz, who are the top tier defenders in the game, I would say at the moment. And then you've got De Bruyne, who is top tier midfielder. So you want three of them. I don't think you want to use a slot on a secondary asset like a Gundogan or a Foden or a Mares or a Sterling now. I mean, Sterling's probably in that tier as well. So that's the problem I have. Foden might represent value, but relative to the three other picks you can have among City, I don't know if he is strong enough. 
I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And, I, and it's, I guess it's, it's, how, it's how you want to play the game. Because I mean, Stones, Stones is probably going to be a steady six point in most weeks because see, you're keeping so many clean sheets, but that might not be enough for you. And, you know, there are people like, well, Luke's a good example. Luke wouldn't be happy, I don't think, with having, you know, steady sixes. Luke would want to target that, go for that Foden option. That's why he was so in, that's why he was so invested in, in, in the free hit because he wants that potential for Foden to hit a 15-pointer. And I mean, you might get it with Stones if he gets a lucky header or something, but you're more likely to obviously get it from Foden if he starts. So it's just, it's just, it's just how you want to play. I mean, it was the same at the start of the season. Everyone was kind of tipping Foden and they said he might miss the odd game. He'll get you 15 points one week. He might miss the next one. You get six points the next week. It's a roller coaster and you just kind of ride it mm. out. Mm. And it's whether you want to ride that roller coaster or whether you want to play it safer and, and, and not. And, I, I, I just think I just think it's, it's too much of a of a gamble given what yeah and the thing is you you're not going to catch him nil nil by the way finish full time is it so you got the Mitchell points so that's not bad, Mitchell Mitchell my like second high scoring player just just in time hit. he's like a yeah it's like a superhero he turned up just in time for this spell didn't he when you needed him most um wasn't even wasn't even my first defender I'd Burke first sub but because. <laughs> Um, thanks. Small yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I just can't see it at the moment. Like he's going to have to do something extraordinary. Like you look at the, um, I mean, one another table I've got here is points per minute or minutes per points rather, and it's interesting where he ranks on that because he's above any other city player. He's got eleven point eleven point four minutes per point, so he's actually scoring points at a faster rate than every any other city player. So it shows you here his potential if he plays every you know every match. That's you know, higher than De Bruyne's, maybe, based on this table. Um, so he's up there with Salah, Son, Yotta, Fernandez. Fernandez is right out on top. Well, he's actually behind El Ghazi. El Ghazi's uh, 10.2 minutes per point at the moment. Fernandez 10.5. Then you've got Son 10.7, Salah 10.8. And Foden is next on 11.4. So you can see the potential there. But yes. for, us, for us to give up an attack in midfield slot, City slot, he's going to need to get another what four or five successive starts. Yeah, and by that point, you might have missed it. Yeah, and he's he's got. I don't know. It's it's really tough. It's it's he's just such a difficult player to predict. I mean, you know, if you've got if you're not looking at getting the three city, so you know, if you're if you if you've got two and you haven't really got any plans to get another city defender, because maybe you know maybe you've got Robertson and you've got like Kufau or Creswell. Um, and you've got um, Cancelo. I mean, that's a decent defence. I don't know if you need to be breaking that defence up just to get in another Man City defender. Because, um, like I said, you know, with Stones, okay, you get you get the clean sheets, but you don't. You know, with Creswell, you get the extra assists, you get the corners, you get you know, you get plenty of other stuff. And I I don't like to completely back a defender who doesn't offer anything more than more than a clean sheet. So I think there will be people who aren't desperate to get double City defenders. Me me probably being one of them. Although I might I might still do it. Um, so I don't know that does kind of the fact that there isn't any other Man City attackers to consider I think Foden is just as good an option as Mahrez as Bernardo Silva well he's better he's a better option than Mahrez Bernardo Silva Jesus Aguero Mm. all of them you know if I if guns made you tell me you've got to pick another City midfielder I'm picking Foden definitely yeah yeah Yeah, but is it uh, it's the fact that the defence is such good value at the moment as well Um, that's that's the problem of it I, I think I think when we get these next, you get 20, 21 and 22 out of the way, that's when, when City's fixtures dip a bit, that's when we can look at, well, do we want De Bruyne outside of that? 
does he represent mm. value? Are we better off going for Foden then? Because it's less money. And if City do fire and he's still starting, he can get me points. That, I think, is viable. But the question is going to be, is he still going to be a regular in the team in three or four game weeks' time? If he is, and this is still showing him minutes per points very high, then I think that's when Foden becomes interesting to me. But for the next four game weeks, with the fixtures they've got, you want to be sure about your City points. You don't want to waste this opportunity. And I think that's what counts against him. I've highlighted... But, but just just really quickly, the, the flip side of that is... This is City's amazing run. This is now. If yes. you're going to act, act now. And Foden is in the form of his City career. So the flip side is you can't really afford to wait for four starts or four more weeks because then the fixtures turn. If you're going to do it, be decisive. Yeah, yeah. If you want him, act now. <laughs> my... You're not going to capture him though, are you? So you want to look at this City run and go, I want to have De Bruyne to captain him at least You might if you didn't have De Bruyne. Run. Would you? Would you trust him that much? Well, it's difficult. You're asking me, and my answer is no. But if I saw someone going into this double game week with with Foden captain, I'd think fair play, good on you. You're attacking something that has massive potential to pay off. Um, you know, it's, it's like the Son thing. Is it? it's much? It would be much easier for me to get Foden than it would be for De Bruyne. Selling Son before an away match against Sheffield United doesn't sit very well with me. Selling Rafinha <laughs> for Foden. Is is a lot more can you do that? No, but no. In, th- in theory, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, know. I, I know. I know what you're saying. I looked at that as well. I'm think. I, I thought to myself when I get look at the transfers. I think maybe I should get rid of Trent, get a cheaper defender in, and get Foden in for a fee. No, I looked at it as well. Mm. But then I'm thinking, who do I captain? I don't know if I trust Pep to play him in both games. Whereas, no, nor do I. The Bruyne, if he's fit, plays surely. So. Yeah, I mean, Mitchell's elsewhere. got two bonus points. Has he? Oh, <laughs> word. what an accident. What a oh, hero. I mean, right, he's going, right, Sterling, I know who your replacement is. <laughs> you should just put a picture of Phil Mitch to represent him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, good idea, yeah. So Smith Rowe, who got you blank tonight, has, has done well recently since breaking into the team. Minutes per points, 12.8. So he's one to watch as well, because yep. like I said last week or on the stream, he could be a game changer if he can nail down that role and get points for 4.5 million. He could be this season's Campwell, uh, even better con- considering the team he's playing in, who's well, before tonight had discovered some attacking form. So he's got to be worth monitoring because you don't, you know, you don't mind using an Arsenal slot up because, you know, they're not Man City yet. Um, so that's fine. Yep. So we'll keep an eye on him as the weeks go by. Now, we're going from bargains to look at some heavy hitters because there's been a lot of talk about Salah recently. People thinking maybe his his form has dipped. Maybe Bruno as well has looked a bit leggy in recent matches. So what I did, I looked at the Fantasy Football Scout key performance indicators and I compared the last four game weeks to the game weeks before. So if you like, it's game weeks 1 to, to 14 compared to game weeks 15, 16, 17 and 18 to see if there's been a dip in these players over the last four game weeks. Um, and so this this table shows the result, and it does show, if you look at Salah's um, minutes per chance have fallen by 50%. His chances created has fallen by over 100% over the last four game weeks. His goal attempt in the box have dropped by 33% over the last four game weeks. His shots on target have dropped 144% over the last four game weeks. So... There's clear indication that Salah, the you know, we've seen it with our eyes and we've seen it with the points he's got. 
has dipped for all the major key indicators in terms of chance creation and the chances he's got. Do we put that down to Salah or do we put that down to Liverpool? Yeah, very good question. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I think we put it down to Liverpool. I mean, I haven't. I've seen Salah with some fairly good, have, having had some fairly good chances over the run that he's had. I mean, uh, I think the Southampton game was probably the worst one, but I think against Newcastle he had a he had a one on one against West Brom. I think he did as well. He's he looked like he was still getting still getting chances. Um, it's Liverpool that just haven't got that kind of dynamism, dynam, 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 you know, it's it's not just it's not it's not just the last couple of weeks. It's not just really this season. It's gone on for ages now. And defensively, they even when they had Van Dijk fit, they they weren't keeping clean sheets really. Trent, you know, he seems like he had COVID and he's not right. Also, when I'm watching the game, just like they're not even they're not even passing the ball to him on the right a lot of the time. He's I don't know whether it's the positions he's taking up or or if there's. I don't know. It just seemed weird. Like, like last year, like Trent would bomb down the right, and they'd, they'd be looking up, feeding him. Cross comes in, goal half the time. But now it's like he's running down the pitch, and they're just ch- choosing to to go a different way. And I don't know whether it's it's a change in tactics or or what's going on. It's, I'm finding them really hard to to understand. I think part of it is down to the defensive problems they've had, and the fact they've had to rejig. And you know, Henderson playing at centre back was just a, always going to be a nightmare because he drives them on and gets things going and wins the ball back and he's you know, he he's so important for, for them and he's so important he plays in, in the middle I mean he's in the middle I'm much more confident the whole team performing well and Trent and Robertson yeah, getting forward more yeah and, and I agree getting the ball I in. think what's also been a factor we talk about Van Dyke being a good defender his distribution is absolutely ridiculous right so yeah. he's he's got that ability to hit Robertson or Trent from range right so he can gather the ball bring it out and ping it right or left to Trent or Robertson in a you know an advanced position, which was favouring Trent because he was then being able to get in a good position with defence still reorganising to whip the ball in. I don't think they can do that because Trent is getting in similar positions, but the defence that he's crossing into is organised. So they're getting the defenders are getting men in the box. So the crosses are just hitting the first or second man. They're not getting through. Whereas I think when Van Dyke's there, he was just able to get Trent the ball earlier while the, the opposition are still forming up. And then Trent would whip it in and lo and behold, Mane's on the far post or Salah's nicks it in near post. I think they're missing that. I think that's the big mm. problem. And Matip's quite good at that, bringing the ball out and distribution's pretty good. It's not Van Dijk, but when you take Matip out as well, Matip out as well, Fabino should be doing that, but I don't think he's, he's, he's as keen to do it. It's not as effective, which is strange because I'm not seeing as much of that. So I think it's just the positions Trent's getting the ball. And when he is getting it, he's facing a defence which is ready for what he's going to do, which is just sling yeah. it in the box. He doesn't do anything flash with it, does he? It's just his delivery is normally good enough to beat the defence. But when a defence is set and they've got men in the box, it's not working. His, his delivery and his decision-making has, has been poor as well, though. Do you think? Like his, his, cross, his crossing hasn't been anywhere near the levels that it's been in the last couple of seasons. And I don't know, when I've seen him, I've, I've thought, you know, 
move the ball quicker or you know get get yourself into more space i mean you know well a good example is him and robertson taking those corners which is the short corners are the 90th minute to do that in two mm. successive games is just it's just bewildering and they're just there there just isn't something quite quite there but i mean it's it's what is just so bizarre is you know they have that villa game where they get absolutely thrashed and everyone kind of writes them off a little bit and says oh you know this isn't the same team it was and then they come back against palace 7-0 and you're thinking, oh, there we go. They're back again. This, this is amazing. Trent is getting assists. Robertson's getting assists. Salah's back on it. And to go from that down to the levels they've been at for the last few weeks yeah, must be must be really worrying. Well, this um, data shows that you know, Salah's numbers have dropped a huge percent, but Mane just above him in our table, all these key indicators are down as well. So the last three starts, his chances are down 23%. His chance creation is down 19 his goal attempts in the box down 15 and his shot on target down 73%. So that shows you it is Liverpool. The last three matches, they haven't been anywhere near the level they've been for chance creation um, over from game it's one to 15. So there has been a dip, I think, in Salah, but also Liverpool as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, they, they, they've got a break now, right? Because, you know, they've yeah, had, I was gonna say, they've the had rest a gap. So I wonder yeah. whether... You know, and United, they must have been jolted by the fact that United have gone top. You know, that that's, I look at that and think, surely Klopp will look to this team now that's rested and want a reaction for the United game. And you say that United might go there and look for the draw. I think the game is, will be decided on how Liverpool approach it. And I wonder whether Liverpool will go for the throw and go, right, we're going to prove that we're not, you know, we're, this, that was just a blip, we're back again. I hope so. Because I might go in with Mane, Salah and Trent. I'm certainly going to go in with two of them. So we'll have to see. I, I mean, you're not giving up on Salah. You're even thinking about captain <laughs> by the sound of it. Yeah, I think I think, I think I am. Um, I mean, I, I, you forget how good, not you personally, but Liverpool's home record is. Mm. I mean, do you, know, do you know the stats of their home record? Their home record? I mean, I, I knew it was good, but I'd kind of forgotten how good it is. Um, so out of uh, 64 of their last, so it's six, 64 home games, last 64 home games, do you know how many they've won? 58, 59? Close, 53 right. and 11 draws. So yeah. are, are United or Burnley going to be the teams that end that, end that run? Um, I, I can't see it. I, I I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. United the United game is obviously tougher to to predict. It, it could be United go really fired up, really go at them. Um, you know they they get in you know getting behind them. Martial's there. Well, he, he might be injured, but uh, you know they've got pace. They can cause teams trouble. Trent is, is off form. Are they going to deal with it? But I think it's much more likely to be a a cagier, a cagier game. And then Burnley. I mean Burnley is the kind of game like West Brom, like Newcastle. They're going to put a load of men behind the ball. And stuff again. I think both games could be low scoring, but I do think they're going to be games that, that Liverpool come out come out in. And if, and if Liverpool are going to win those two, then Salah's going to have to be involved, right? Yeah, no, good point. Um, while we're on the subject of United, Bruno's in this table and he has dropped off a bit. Uh, minutes per chance creation is down eighteen percent, and his crossings down sixteen percent. So really, it's only really his chance creation that suffered over the last three game or last four starts. His minutes per chance is, is even up over the last four by 8%, 8% and his goal attempts at box are up 24%. So I think talk of 
Bruno being on the slide are a bit premature. The data mm. doesn't support that um, over the last four matches. Um, but certainly in the last one or two, he's looked a bit jaded. I'll give you that. But I don't think there it's is, time to panic yet. There is that key thing with Bruno, though. And I think he is, he is, uh, he, he would be captain. He would be probably at least, def- at least in the running for my, for my pick. But so it's four yellow cards. Not only has he got four yellow cards, mm. he's playing Liverpool. Mm. If you're ever going to get a game, if you're ever going to get a yellow card in a game, it's going to be in that Liverpool game. Um, you know, he could, you know, he, he could have a dive or he could like clash out. It's going to, you know, the tempers could be high, especially if they're losing. Um, so you captain him and you, you have a Liverpool game, let's say they lose 1 0, and then he misses the next match. That is, that is you a can't massive take that captain risk. You can't I, don't, I, don't, I don't think, you can, I mean, I don't think would... you can risk it. It would be careless of him to get booked because he, he he's not a player who plays in a position where who should get booked. Really, he, he's he isn't asked to track back and tackle, so he shouldn't get entangled and get a booking like that. But he can get it diving. He can get it with, with a bit of petulance. But he should and be Liverpool, able to avoid that. Well, Liverpool like like to count, don't they? So you know, if they have a corner or something in in the in the dying minutes. And they look to launch a ball up to yeah, Salah or Mane. All he has to do is stick a leg out and, and bring someone down. He's he's got it in him. I mean, he's got four yellow cards, so he clearly likes a likes a booking. I, I know, um, but he's a world class player. He should be able to manage his way through this. I mean, I think it was was it Grealish who's in a similar situation, and he's Grealish got, as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting angle, and it's an, it's enough where there's doubt, isn't there? You wouldn't take that risk. Um, so yeah, it's a good point when we look at the captains at the end of the show, let's go through the fixtures. Um, we won't spend too long because we've talked about some of these already, but we'll go through some of these and give an opinion on how they're going to go. This is the first set. If you like, this is the ones that are the standard fixtures, the first 10 games, um, Wolves and West Brom. I, you can only see Wolves winning this, I guess on paper, but I just fancy, you know, it's the kind of place you can go where Big Sam can go and get a point. He's definitely going to turn up with a Steve Bruce approach here. He's going to go, we will protect what we've got and we will, you know, defend with an inch of our lives. And I don't know if Wolves have got the wherewithal to break them down because we've seen them struggle this year to create guilt-edged chances. So part of me thinks this could be a nil-nil. I'm going to go one-nil Wolves, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get a nil-nil. Three three people in the chat saying th- uh, one nil West Brom. So really, West Brom went one nil. Allardyce special is uh, is well, quite popular. That could um, be a great result. I, I don't know if they can score a goal though. That's the thing. No, nor do I. I, I think I think it could be. Uh, I think Wolves or nil nil, nil nil or one nil Wolves. That's what I think. You've copied me exactly. Brilliant. Okay, yeah. no others. Okay, this one's crucial for me. I want your opinion on how Brighton will cope with Leeds because. It's very difficult because I don't know. Every time some team places Leeds, I I have trouble reading how it's going to go because Leeds are so unique in the way they play. My brain can't fathom how the opponent's system will cope with it. And this is how I look at this game. It could be a 3 or 4-0 win for Leeds, but Brighton are organised. I think Leeds win it, but I don't think it would be a big victory. I'm going to go 2-1. What do you feel? Because I really want to know. Well, you know Brighton better than anyone, so come on. We're, we're not going to get thrashed. I think, you know, people in the chat saying 4-0, 3-2, 5-2. No, nah, it's, it's not going to happen. We're, why we're, why we're, do you think you're not going to get thrashed? What, what is it about I, the way you play that will, will help you? Because I think we'll match them. 
because I think we'll match them. And for, for and I think the quality we've got is, I think Leeds catch a lot of teams out because of of the the energy and the way they play and the the style they've got. And when teams do sit back against them a bit, um, I think that just encourages Leeds to really push on and 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 score loads of goals. Brighton aren't going to do that. We're going to match them, and we've got players. You know, we've got Basuma back now. I think we've got Tao up front, who's got a lot of energy, and he's going to, you know, he's going to run around and be busy. Um, we've got solid defense, solid defense um, most of the time. But you know, I mean, obviously they only need one chance. But Bamford needs about ten chances to score a goal. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not especially worried about about Bamford. I don't know. I, I look at Leeds and I, I just think that the threat. I think a lot of the threat they carry is going to. I think Eiling's probably going to go back to. Right back because Cooper and Lorenzo mm. are fit, right? Um, and with Dallas as well, uh, I assume he's going to keep Alioski out of the team. Um, but that's, I think that's going to be a lot of the threat they have is, is bombing down those, bombing down the wings. That's that's where I'm a bit worried because Lamptey's still out. Um, it could be Bernardo will burn again at, at left back. So I'm worried there. But I mean, you, you saw against City, you know, we, and it's, it's not just, it's not just City that I thought Brighton were going to lose that game heavily. And I think it is this kind of matching of a style that kind of suits Brian more in these types of games. So against Liverpool earlier in the season as well, these high energy teams kind of play each other and kind of cancel each other out. And it's, I think it's going to be a really good game, uh, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to back Brighton to win it, which I haven't, which I haven't done in weeks. Wow. I'm, I'm going to back Brian to win it 1-0. One, so you're gonna, you're not only gonna stop Leeds, you're gonna stop them scoring. Blah, yep. that's not what I wanted to hear because I'm gonna go in with three Leeds attackers, maybe. Um, okay, it's an it, man. You know, I hear you. I mean, I wasn't, expecting... and I mean, everyone disagrees on the chat. You're good, but... good, that's what I like to hear because I, I, what I wanted you to say is, yeah, they're gonna thrash us 5 0, and, and Rafino and uh, Rodrigo are gonna get a couple of goals at least, at least, but no, obviously, you didn't say that. It's not uh, gonna happen, honestly. Okay, we're, we're, well, I, I, I cannot see us getting, we are not gonna get thrashed by Leeds. I will. Put my, I put money on it. Set there pieces no away, because neither of you can defend set pieces. So no. who wins that one? I mean, you've got some hefty guys. You, but neither of us can really score set pieces. I mean, Leeds haven't scored many set piece goals of those seasons. No, but you really. I mean, I've noticed actually. It's funny. I was watching a Brighton game not long ago, and the co-commentator, I can't remember who it was, was going, "Why doesn't Potter just throw the ball into Lewis Dunk? Because Lewis Dunk, seasons back in the Championship, used to be a goal scorer from set pieces." And ever since then, they've been throwing the ball into Lewis Dunk, <laughs> and he's got a couple of goals. He got we yeah, got one yeah. at West Ham, one in the cup, didn't he as well? And he looks dangerous at set pieces. So I do think all of a sudden Brighton have got a target on set pieces in Dunk, and I think you could cause some problems there if you keep that up. Um, but I, I I think Leeds nick it. The energy, I just don't know if you have the energy to compete with him in mid- midfield. I think Basuma's good. He'll he'll be vital that he's back in there. Mm, but I yeah, think yeah. they'll overrun you a bit. Um, depends how the first half now goes. Well, um, uh, Phillips is suspended, isn't he? Uh, he is, I think. Yeah, yeah. So they so they'll, they'll concede, I think, because of that. But they only know one way to play, don't they? So yeah, I'll, I'll go two one Leeds. You'll go one nil Brighton. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Yeah, West Ham Burnley. Now also interested in this because I've got Christopher Wood playing for me. Believe it or not, I kid you not. Um, yeah, but I've also got Soufal as well. So I don't know where to go on this one. Hmm. I would have thought that West Ham win this. I may well be getting Antonio in. It looks like he's going to start at least one of them, maybe both as well. Uh, you would think West Ham win this quite comfortably. But I'll go 2-0. It's 
very lonesome, but I think 2-0 is about right. To West Ham? Mm. Yeah, that was, that was going to be my score as well. You don't see Burnley scoring either. I mean, you mentioned my secret weapon mm. there because I think it is Antonio time. Yeah, right. Looking at Burnley at home and looking at West Brom at home, looking at the fact they've just sold Hilaire <laughs> to, to Ajax and haven't bought a replacement yet. Uh, he's come back from injury at the perfect time. He's got minutes in the cup. He's not going to play out 180 minutes across both those games. There's, there's just no way. I don't think he is mm. capable or ready or has the legs to do it at the moment. But he'll, uh, he'll, I reckon he'll start both games. He'll be managed. His minutes will be managed. And I think he can, he can do some serious damage. I mean, he's down to 6.2 now. But I do look at Burnley and West Brom as defences who could be really stubborn and, and stop West Ham. So, it, you know, there's scenarios here where it's like the Wolves-West Brom game where this is a nil-nil as well because Burnley just kill it and suffocate it. But I like to think that football will win out and West Ham will get the win. But I also am backing Antonio to get something out of one of the two games. You've got, you've got, when a team has like teams like Burnley and West Brom at home, you've got to back them. I know that, I know they can be tricky games. I know they can defend and all that, but you've got, you've got to back the, the home team in those two games. I mean, if sure. you don't, what's even the point of playing yeah. this game? Like, where's <laughs> it's the joy gone? Yeah. Uh, I know. I mean, you know, Kuf, Kuf, Sufau is, is, I think, is, is great. I think Creswell's great. I think Antonio's great. I think Bowen is someone who, who could potentially score really highly. Someone that could fly under the radar a bit with, with no one getting him. Um, so yeah, I think West, West Ham have actually got some decent options. Um, Antonio looks a bit of a you know a real differential at this point. Who and I know what he can do because got his, yeah. got his points last year. He's not so fully fit yet. He's not fully fit yet, but I think he'll he's got enough to cause some problems. Um, you know, even a fully fit Antonio can be effective to a degree. A, a fully fit one, well could be devastating and he's a player yep. that we all want to own Fulham versus Chelsea do you think after <laughs> Fulham's brilliant performance at Spurs who I just thought they were fantastic second half they were, I know. some of the football they played as well I mean fair play to, to Parker he's really got them purring a bit with limited resources can't believe it yeah um, you know, and I, completely and I look at this and think well I think maybe they can nick a goal against Chelsea so I don't think this is going to be easy um, I will have to go Chelsea but I'm going to go 3-1 your thoughts on this? 3-1 to Chelsea, not to Fulham. Yeah, 3-1 to Chelsea, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I look at Chelsea and I just think, yeah, where, mate, yeah, where, are goals, where are their goals going to come from? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, they're, in, they're in a rut at the moment, mm. a real rut. They can't get Werner firing. They can't get no. Havertz playing like he's used to. They've got injuries with James and he's not quite right. And I mean, Ziyech is back, which I think is, is big. They need, I mean, they... There is, I don't think it's any coincidence they're falling off a cliff when he got when he got injured. Um, so I don't know. One one or two one Chelsea. Yeah, like they might just they might just take it. Oh, I'll go yeah. for two one Chelsea. Yeah. But I think I want to reduce my scoreline to that. I think three one's too generous for Chelsea. Two one is two one or one one looks a, a good score. What do you think about uh, Cavalero or Lutman as options? We've talked about them before on the show, but. What a combo. I mean, that goal from Cavalero was fantastic <laughs> header, wasn't it? Um, I really like Cavalero. Yeah. He's, I mean, you know, to, to, Mitrovic being like the player he is and being so important to Fulham getting up and, you know, the fact he's got Premier League experience and stuff and the talisman, you know, he was the talisman, wasn't he? The start of the awesome. season, people were going for Mitrovic because he was like, he is going to, everything's going to go through him. And for Parker to kind of have the balls to drop him, you know, promote Cavalero and bring Lookman in, um, that you can't say that that Parker hasn't had his stamp on the team and and it's paying off and I didn't I didn't think he, he would 
he would get this out of them. I thought they were, I thought they were done after a few weeks. So yeah, amazing. It's still hard for me to kind of get my head around them actually being a kind of mm. half decent side. Uh, but I like, I, th- I think I'd go Cavalero over, over Lookman. Would you? Um, I just, Lookman, I don't know. I just, he's in that kind of same, they're in this kind of same bracket on there, like Binia and mm. I think Tao can enter into that bracket. Like I said, um, if he, if he plays up front and keeps Mope out of the team, which he should. Uh, so yeah, I like them. It just depends on your, on your team structure, really. They're a decent kind of enabler, okay. but to have Suchek and Lookman kind of takes up kind of midfield spots. All right, we'll come back to that. Leicester, Southampton. A lot of people have talked about Vardy again. Obviously, Southampton have lost Ings. They lost their double game week as well. Leicester do have the double game week against Southampton and Chelsea. Um, I don't see many goals in this. I, I think Southampton will obviously struggle without Ings again. Adams might be fit, should be fit, but I, I don't see them scoring. And I think Leicester just nick it in a 1-0 Um which makes me think I'm not mad about Vardy as a double game week asset. He'll probably find a way of getting something, getting a return. Oh, for sure. I I can't see him going crazy (laughs) in either game. Madison, you know, he's, he's, he's buzzing a bit. He's definitely got, you know, the bit between his teeth and, and he could be a factor that could bring out more from Vardy. But I think both these games look quite tight. Uh, I'll go one nil Leicester in this one though. Thoughts on Vardy and Leicester? I'm going to swap it around. I'm going to go 1-0 Southampton. Are you? You think they're going to nick it? I've been so impressed with Southampton this season. I mean, you know, they have they have another game like they did last year. They played Spurs, they get battered, and then everything just turn, turns around for them. And they just start, you know, week after week. I mean, the, the performance against Liverpool was like, you know, Hassan Hootel crying at the end of the match because he was. it was like, if Hassan Hootel could could like right the perfect game for Southampton that would be it it's like all his years of managing them had led to that moment that's it looked why he like was so it, didn't it? emotional yeah. it was it was incredible scenes and I just think they were they were a real just a real really really good team at, at the moment and I would I, I, I wouldn't like to play him if I, anyone you know I, I would back them to, to give a game to any single team in the league the way they're playing um, and Leicester are good but still not really setting the world alight um, they drew. Was it? I can't remember their last game. They, did they? Is that the one they drew with Palace? Away from the last home. game they had. God, I can't they, remember. Leicester, one of the teams that flipped No, Newcastle away where Madison scored. Newcastle, okay, they they beat Newcastle Madison before scored, that. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Before that, they drew with with Palace. So, you know, a, a kind of a narrow win against Newcastle, a draw with Palace. Um, a, you know, a decent draw against United before that. They've kind of they're doing well and they're climbing up the league. But I think it's a bad time to play Southampton. They haven't played. They haven't played in ages. Yeah, yeah. So they'll be rested. Even but Ings losing Ings again to blow. Yeah, that's true. So for me, I just think Leicester can nick it, um, but I don't think there's much in it. Yeah, I, don't, I think it'd be a good game. It's, it's hard to it's hard to call. Okay, so in the scenario of holding on to Son and Kane as differentials against the bench boost, how much do you think they'll get at Sheffield United? We've seen Sheffield United's defensive data. We've seen them improving in that respect. They've got their tails up from the uh, emphatic 1-0 win against Newcastle. Do you think any of that's going to help against Spurs and Son and Kane? You're shaking your head. <laughs> no, I just think that if you're looking at a game as an anomaly, it's playing Newcastle because there is no way Spurs are going to approach that game like Newcastle did. And I, I just I don't think it is a turning point for Sheffield United. They're, they're, they're just, they're just not, I just don't think they're good enough. And... I think Spurs will just pick them off. If they try and attack, they'll pick them off on the counter. If they sit back, 
I think they've got the ability to to get through with Kane pulling the strings. Um, it's, I don't think it's going to be a massive Spurs win, but I'll go for a two 0 two 0 Spurs, comfortable. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two one. I do think they are. Like, I do think they would have enough to stay up had they not be so far behind. I think if they were in the situation, um, you know, if they had a few more points on the board, if they had, you know, nine, ten, eleven points, I think they could get it back. Um, but they haven't. They, they've got they've got points. one win. I mean, yeah, it's it's awful. And I think that's too that might be a bridge too far for them. But I do think I saw glimpses in the cup tie and glimpses against Newcastle where they were playing football that was similar to last season. They were showing confidence on the ball. It was one touch. They were getting men forward. At one point, Bogle came from right back and drifted across the, the penalty area to the left-hand side. And that was like, oh, hold on. So Wilder's giving him a bit of freedom. Mm. So there seemed to be a bit more confidence in what they were doing and cohesion in what they were doing. You know, and they got Norwood back in the team in the engine room, pinging balls right and left, which you know is better than when they had destroyers in there and they weren't creating anything. They lack, they lack a striker. I mean, Brewster just isn't. No, I mean, I mean, I haven't even got him now, but I'm looking at him. <laughs> I'm willing him to score, even though I don't have him, just because I, I don't want Sheffield United to waste twenty million quid on him. I want them. I want them to get something out of him, but I don't know if Wilder can. And I think that in the end will be the downfall. They just can't score goals, enough goals. Yeah, I, I think they might get something out of this. They get a goal, but Spurs will overpower them. Um, so I think. I mean, Spurs' Spurs's results have been poor. I mean, draw against Fulham. They they beat Leeds three 0 mm. but it was a, that was a, a weird game. I mean, Leeds were talk about naive. I, I, it was it was funny because I was I was texting a friend of mine watching that Leeds game, and um, the commentators would not shut up about how great Leeds were. And it was like every time they gave the ball away, the commentators were like. Oh, they're so brave to keep trying that that ball. You know, it's, uh, what Bielsa is doing there, there is, is some leads incredible. bias, isn't there? And it's like, what is? Yeah, they were like, you know, Eiling's tried that ball four times and it hasn't come off. But the fat Bielsa is letting him keep doing it. Just shows how brave they are. And it's like, no, it's a crap ball. He shouldn't be playing it. He's given the ball away four times and they've scored three. Like, what are you talking about? Anyway, yeah, massive, massive. There's definitely a, a bias for for Leeds at the moment. Um, draw against Wolves though for Spurs. A loss, two 0 loss at home to Leicester, and a and a two one loss to Liverpool. They need to start picking up the the points. Uh, they're down to sixth now, I think. Have you paid your bet, by the way? No, I haven't. God, I will oh. do it. I, will, I know, yeah. I know the shame of it. Oh, my God. Sh- we... For charity oh, as hold well, on, Let me Mark. just pull the network cable out. Oh, we've got <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, sorry. I, oh dear, I forgot all about that. Again, again, I will pay it up. I will pay it up. Down to sixth, though, from, from where they were. You know, I know they had a tough run and things, but yeah. you know, it's... They were, you know, they were being, they were title contenders, weren't they? They were, you know, everyone was saying, this is the year Mourinho's there, second season, he's going to really get them going. But I never felt that he could. And now they're sixth and, and they're fighting for Champions League place rather than the, the Premier League. So you think they'll win, but it'll be a fight. Uh, that's what I think as well. Yeah. I think they'll, I don't think they'll bowl them over by any means. Um, but I think if you're holding Son and Kane, you should get something out of this game, but don't expect double figures necessarily. Um, Liverpool, Man United, we've spoken about already. I, I've said there's a possibility this is a nil-nil and a cagey affair. I want to back Liverpool to come out and attack United and make a point of this. So I'm going to do that. And I'm going to say 3-0 Liverpool. Wow. That is bold. Yeah. I'm going to go, yeah, they're going to, they're going to just put it on them in the but first all half. The doubt 3-0, aside. 3-0 at half time. 
Put that's United it. back where they belong. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> no, I think I think they could, but it's more likely it's going to be a nil-nil or maybe United nick it. But I think I want to go with a Liverpool win. I would, I would love them. that. Thank you. That's given me renewed hope in my season. If they win that game 3-0 and I get a couple of assists from Trent and Robertson and going into the Burnley at home match, that's like... Well, I, I just think they've had around. time to think about this. And I think actually United going top might actually give Liverpool the impetus they need. Because it's kind of like, okay, you've gone top. You think you're Billy Big Potatoes. Let's see, right? We've got something to prove. Take that. I've got a feeling that could happen. So I'm going to go with that because it's a nice theory, but we'll see. Go on. What do you think? I think I'm going to do an even more crazy prediction. I'm going to predict the whole match. Liverpool are going to get an early goal, really early goal. Yeah. <laughs> United are going to attack, 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 not find a way through. 1-0 Liverpool. Do you? All right, you also They're do. going to defend the lead throughout the whole game. Because United will be naive right at the start and they'll think, right, we're going to really like push them and stuff. And Liverpool will just catch them on the counter and then they'll be like, oh no. And then it'll be a really, really boring game for 85 minutes when Liverpool defend. That's my prediction. Uh, presumably you think Salah's going to get that, right? Okay. Uh, no, Trent, Trent free kick. <laughs> That's good nice. for both of us. You can't deny <laughs> oh, that. Oh yeah, I'll take that. Uh, City, Palace. I mean, Palace have got the ability to turn up and frustrate City and they wouldn't be the first team to do it. West Brom have done it. Brighton nearly did it. So I think, you know, when you talk about your doubts about De Bruyne, I guess it's on, on the basis that these games against Palace and Villa, the two games they've got, could, yeah, might not be easy. And they're certainly not. The Villa one certainly isn't. And Palace have gone and got a point at Arsenal, who are in form. And, you know, they've done well at Old Trafford before. They've got victories there. They've done well at Anfield. They've got victories there in past seasons. So they could, they've got it in them to cause problems for City, I think. I think City win it, but it could be another 1-0. So I'm going to go with that. Neil City. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I could argue that. Maybe I'll give him an extra one. Two nil. Two nil City. I don't think Palace can hurt them. I think you know we've they've got Zaha and NSA, but I think they'll they're going to be managed by by Stones and Tias given the form they've got. Uh I can't I can't see Palace scoring. It's just how many City get. I, I can't I don't know. I don't think they're gonna go crazy. Mm. So yeah, two nil. Okay. And I think uh, I think De Bruyne De Bruyne to, to be benched in one of the one of the doubles. Do Not you? sure which one. Right, we're Maybe this one. Those. We're going to go to those in a minute. Yeah, well, it would be this one rather than Villa, I think. Arsenal, Newcastle. Um, Steve Bruce turns up with oh, a, a oh, 9-1-1, surely. Well, not a 9-1-1. He can't do that. That's impossible. Uh, but, you know, he'll turn up with men behind the ball, basically, is what I'm saying. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they lost there in the cup. They actually put on a decent performance in the cup for a long period. So they'll take some, you know, positivity from that. Um Arsenal should win, but they didn't beat Palace tonight, so they struggled there. Again, it's a tight one. I think Newcastle can get a draw here. I'm going to go one all. I think what I won't be doing, mm. watching that match. No. <laughs> is, is there any garden centres open at 8 o'clock on a Monday night? Oh, I hope, I'm be I hope looking, so. I'm going to be Googling that to see if I can find one open. Um, I've, got, I've got to get some more conifers. That's what I'll be doing. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. It's not, it's not one to watch, is it? I just I can't I can't even I can't even be asked to think about the score to be honest. One nil <laughs> so, Arsenal. Okay, let's move on then to the double game week fixtures. Um, we've got West Ham versus West Brom. We spoke about the fact that Big Sam could turn up here and um, frustrate West Ham, and I think that could happen. I've got Johnston in goal. I think I'm hoping for one clean sheet out of the two that West Brom have got, and I'll go for this one. I back West Ham against Burnley, but I think West Brom might have a bit of 
Big Sam now and get a draw in. You're very, you're very pro West Brom on this. Well, I am. I, 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 but I'd like. I think Big Sam can turn them around defensively, and he always says this, doesn't he? he? Says the first thing we've got to do is keep clean sheets, right? Scoring goals, I don't know how he's going to do it, right? Because with Everton, he had some decent attackers, yeah, you know, and still his intention was just keep clean sheets. West Brom, I think he's got the tools to keep clean sheets. Ajayi, again, looks the most dangerous. He scored in the cup for them again, didn't he? So he's got two goals under Allardyce, which I think makes him top scorer under Big Sam, as we predicted. So I think they can get something from a set piece. And so I will go a one-all draw. So this is the same West Brom that's conceded nine goals in the last two games. Yeah, but away from home, <laughs> away from home, it's more. I think away from home, they got that clear tactic to protect well, like they did at Anfield. I think when they play at home, they're kind of caught between two stalls a bit. Um, and Leeds just tore them up, didn't they? But I think away at West Ham, they can they can get something. I'll go one all. I think they'll get a goal from a set piece, like I say. Nah. Easy win for Antonio. And- I think another, another 2 0 West Ham. I'll back him in both games, both home games, clean sheets wow. in both, two right. goals in both. Well, okay. Okay, fine. And Leicester Chelsea, I will go one nil to Chelsea in this game. I don't see I think it's again not many goals in the game. Obviously, tired legs would be a factor here. And Chelsea, I think, will just have that little bit too much. Could be a one all, but I'll I'll say Chelsea nick it one nil. I think there's gonna be goals in this one. Do you? Complete opposite. Yeah. On what yeah. <laughs> just the uh, well, on the on the basis that I think you know Chelsea will will have played the, the match and have a bit of kind of sharpness back. You did think? Um, I think they'd be up for it. It's, I think it's a game that they need to if they've got any aspirations of top four. They need to. Well, I mean, obviously they've got aspirations of top four, but they need to. They need to beat Leicester. I don't think they will because I don't think they're good enough to beat Leicester. Um, but I think both teams are going to go for it. I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to be a, a low score. I'm, I'm going to go for two all. Right. Yeah. Nice. Uh, City Villa. I think Villa will get a point. I can see Villa scoring at Man City. It's either a 2 1 or 1 all. Who's got COVID? That's the question. It's like, guess who? But like the pandemic version. Like, we don't, we don't know who's got it and we don't know how Surely fit they are. Jack Grealish's calves are too big for him to get COVID. Surely. If anyone's got COVID, it's him. Given his given his transgressions, <laughs> yeah. Given his off the pitch antics, you would yeah. True, true. Um, yeah, that yeah. We don't know, do we? But I I think Villa have have got a they're a decent side. They've got a threat on the break. And City, yeah. I think if Greedish plays, he won't be intimidated by a City. He'll he'll actually go out and go. Well, I'm going to show you how good I am. So when I'm playing for Man United here next year, I'll, this is this will be me. Worry about it. I. I will go one all. I think Villa will get a point. Then I join you. Right, I'm going to join you. One all. I'm, I really, I really like Villa this season. Mm, yeah, and it's amazing. Look, you think of this time last year, just how bad they were. Um, every match I've seen them play, they've looked good. And Grealish is the kind of the main man sort of dragging them to that those levels. I think, like we've talked about, it's going to be interesting to see how Barkley fits back in. Mm. Uh, but they've got options with Traore there, um, El Ghazi hitting some form. Watkins up front is lively. Um, they're good, good side. I think City. I think City, City will struggle. And in, defensively, in they're they're strong enough. Yeah, like they found that good keeper. Mings, yeah. yeah. Dean Smith, manager of the year. He's got to be up there. Uh, Fulham it. United. I don't think Fulham, for all their plucky form recently, will have enough to keep United out. 
Um, so I'm going to go 2-0 United. I think this will be uh, fairly yeah, taking, comfortable for them. Taking the word to my mouth. I, uh, I think this one is is probably a stretch too far, given United's away form as well. I mean, they're just relentlessly good away from home, aren't they? Uh, two or three. I'll go two because Fulham have been, been decent. Uh, and Liverpool-Burnley. I backed Liverpool to beat Manchester United 3-0, which will please a lot of people. I'm sure Late Rise is jubilant about that. Um, so surely I've got to back them to beat Burnley. And I do. I do. Um, but I think, strangely, this might be a bit more narrow victory. So I'll go 2-0 to Liverpool in this one. So two clean sheets for Trent. Surely optimistic. Yes, it is. But I'll stick with it. I've got a horrible feeling that no. Burnley could get something from this. <laughs> Will it be a Nick Pope super show? I've well, it's, Pope it's one of those ones where, like, how many games do you have where you start to think there is a bit of a problem here? I mean, West Brom, Newcastle and Southampton, they had a game plan against Liverpool and it was frustrate, sit back, you know, defend deep. And in all three games, it's paid off massively. And Burnley are the kings of it. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go one all. Right. Ooh. Okay. And finally, Villa, Newcastle, I think this is, please, will be an easy victory for Villa. I think Newcastle will go with the same tactic and it won't work because yeah. Jack, Jack will just undo them if he's fit, if he hasn't got COVID, which we hope that isn't the case, of course. Uh, I will go uh, a 3-0 victory for Aston Villa. I'm going to go 4-0. Yeah, let's end on that kind of scoreline. Good. There you go. That's all the games predicted by two genius predictors. I mean, you haven't got... Look- <laughs> Look back at our record and don't doubt us. I mean, don't look back at our record. Do doubt us. We nail it every week, I think. We do, don't we? But we like, well, I do enjoy going through that and logically trying to think my way through. Because then when it comes to picking my team, which we're about to do now, um, you know, I've backed two Liverpool victories. So presumably you are going to keep it on Salah, the captaincy here. So this is your team. Go through it. How many double game weekers have you got? Looks like you've got eight. Is that right? Uh, yeah, so I've got Martinez in goal, Robertson, Trent, Cancelo, Soufal, Salah, currently my captain, Fernandez, Son, Suchek, Calvert-Lewin, Bamford, and then on my bench, Fraser Forster with his six points against Liverpool <laughs> on the fresh in the memory, uh, Rafinha, Adams and Eiling. Um, and the kind of the plan was to do Calvert-Lewin and Forster to Antonio and a goalkeeper. And bench right. boost. And is that because then, did? well, that would have given me 14 doublers and son. But then, probably the worst thing happened, which was Leeds and Southampton getting postponed. So I lost four double game week players. Um, and now I'm looking at it and thinking, A, I don't, you know, I think lots of people disagree, but I don't think that Brighton game is going to be as easy as a lot of people make out. Um, and I don't. I don't know about Adams away at Leicester. I'm not too confident on that. So I think I'm probably just going to do Calvert-Lewin to Antonio, save the bench boost for another day, uh, which could be a risk. I think my bench is going to be pretty strong with Rafinha, Adams and Eiling there. Um, But yeah, Calvert-Lewin to Antonio. uh, And I don't think I'm going to use a triple captain either. So tell me this, when's the bench boost going to be used? Well, it's going to have. I mean, it's going to have to be used towards the end of the season when the FA Cup games get postponed. And right, so that's twenty six. The only issue with playing it then is you're going to wild card in twenty five or thereabouts, right? And build for that bench boost. The trouble is, in game week twenty nine, there's blanks and you haven't got a free hit. 
So how are you going to pick a team with the wild card that's going to bench boost in 26 whilst also having a team that's going to cope with the blanks in 29? Well, the thing is, with if I bench boost this week, it won't be bench boosting for double game week players. So in theory, I could bench boost any week because I'm going to have this squad. So I could bet that next week, for example, Leeds have got Newcastle, which I think is a better game for them. Um, Adams has got Arsenal at home, which I think is a better fixture than than Leicester away. And I wouldn't have to take a hit because I could do Cavalu and Antonio and and Forster to my goalkeeper next week. So I could, in theory, just do it next week. Um, The the question marks around, you know, in whenever it is, eight weeks, nine weeks' time, it's, it's impossible to answer. I mean, it feels it feels good to have chips in your pocket because we don't know what games are going to get rescheduled for when. We don't know when the postponements are going to be. We could get an absolutely incredible double game week coming up in a few weeks, which, you know, no one's anticipating and suddenly it gets sand on Yeah, us no, then... I, I agree with the triple captain that that will be the case, I think. I think we'll get a, a rogue double game with the triple captain suddenly go, oh, it's Kane, two home fixtures. Um, I just think the bench boost is so difficult to predict when you can use it again. But you're right. You can play it in any game week. You're right. Because if you're only going to do single game weekers, you're absolutely right. It, the only issue for me is changing the goalkeeper. You don't often want to make goalkeeper training. Yeah, well, exactly. Particularly when the, it's your bench goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the other issue as well is, let's not forget, we are at peak COVID. I mean, look at look at all the postponements and FA Cup games, all that kind of chaos going on. You've got to think in a few months' time it's going to settle down a little bit because I think we're still dealing with the effects of Christmas and all of that. I would not be surprised to see more games postponed over the next oh, week. Don't say that. Uh, <laughs> and if and as soon as games get postponed, when you're when you're bench boosting, you lose huge chunks you of can, your team. You can deactivate the bench boost. Ah, can you? Interesting. I think right, so. right before right before the deadline. Yeah, I'm sure you can. You I think can. it's just a free hit and, and well because yeah. you're actually making the transfers, right? So that's okay with that in mind. But yes, you're right. That could happen. Yeah. Okay. So you're not bench boosting. You're not triple captaining. You may well bench boost with single game week players at some point and not do it in 26. So you'll see yeah. how it goes. I mean, I guess we are, we can only speculate what game week 29 blanks are going to be and what game week 26 is going to be. In my head, game week 26 is going to be mega and you're going to do well with <laughs> bench boost. But the trouble is, if you don't have subs on the bench that have got the blanks in 29, yeah, yeah. That's when you're struggle. So that's that's yeah. the scenario in my head. But that might not turn out like that. I'm I'm I try and overstress that. Oh, that's definitely going to happen, but it probably won't. But I'm just mm. saying that just for devil's help. Yeah. If if I if I had more doublers this week, if if this if this um you know if the, if this game hadn't been called off, I, I would be bench boosting this week. Yeah, because I would yeah. think to myself, I'm not going to get a better opportunity no, to have no. all these doubles players. My team's set up for it, but with it's just that game getting postponed really killed me because four. Four players losing a game just feels a, like a big thing. And, it, and I, I would, you know, I, I, I can bench boost for single game because anytime. So I'm not looking at those three players on my bench and thinking, they, I mean, they could do well, but I'm not thinking I need to bench yeah. boost those three. There I might a... swap Bamford out for Rafinha though. Yeah, okay, in your 11. There is, um, really? Okay, that's interesting. Why would you do that? It's just fancy Rafinha. I don't, I, just, I don't think Bamford's going to get that many chances. And I fancy Rafinha more from coming in from wide. All right, Bamford on pens. Okay. All right. Um, the difference between your team and my team is I've got a double game week goalkeeper. So I'm in a similar boat to you. I've got, I did have 15 double game week players until Leeds dropped out. 
And now I'm left with 12 and three Leeds attackers on the bench. That's the other thing is, is oh, I haven't got Dallas. I see. I've got three <laughs> Leeds attackers, right? So basically, would I normally play three Leeds attackers against Brighton at home? Of course I would. Would I normally play Johnston with two fixtures at Wells and West Ham in a big Sam defence? Yeah, I probably would because you think he's going to get something out of it. He'll get save points. He'll probably get six or seven points just out of save points. So I look at that bench and go, yeah, I'd want to play all those players. So that's why I'm still bench boosting. You've got to do it. Yeah, I think I've got to, haven't I? Because... You've got to do it and, and just hope that Leeds and that I'm wrong and Leeds just absolutely spank Brighton. I, I, it's, yeah, I would, definitely, I would definitely bench boost that. So here's the thing, though. Would you change? I mean, I've got one free transfer. Yeah, Goldrick I, in, so I always, <laughs> McGoldra, I always plan to do Mane to De Bruyne. Right, because that's the non-overthinking move. Get De Bruyne in. You're going to want him after 19. Make him captain. But I'm losing Mane. Everything I've said tonight, and some of the things you've said tonight, suggests that actually getting De Bruyne in for Mane might be a mistake. You know, I'm back in Liverpool to bounce back. And Mane's, of anyone in that Liverpool team, looks the most likely. You know, he was really good against Southampton, I thought. Really good. He nearly turned it around on his own. So... Maybe I shouldn't get rid of Mane and get De Bruyne. What do you think? Do the opposite of what, what I think for, for a start. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't lose Mane, personally. Right. What are the, what's the chat room saying? What are they two, saying? Two, two, two People are saying games. sell Salah. Sell Salah. Yeah. yeah. I, I, if I'm going to sell one of them, I'd sell Mane, but... Uh, it's, it's depends, isn't it? The insurance, as, as Luke calls it. What, what about um, what about Trent to Stones? Keep Mane is is the, is coming up more. Is it? What about Trent Trent to Stones? Because I don't want Trent after this double game week. So maybe I do it now and get Stones. I'm in. letting the chat decide. You should put a poll up and like, I'm not, I'm, yeah. you, you could we could charge people to like make your decisions for you. Think how much money we'd make. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> ultimate patreon <laughs> <laughs> we're not that mercenary like, no not um, yet <laughs> no, not yet see us in a year's time um what do you think about getting rid of trent for stones and then using Triple city defense and then it using locks that you out mother. of de bruyne though doesn't it yeah it does yeah so you're saying nah. don't get well, you yeah, see so you're saying don't lock you want the option but you want oh. the i mean if say say de bruyne does you, you say you get stones in for trent and de bruyne does get a load of goals and you know and then he's going into west brom away and you can't get him <laughs> easily you're going to be kicking yourself yeah so you think the most sensible move because what i can do is rafina to lookman and rodrigo to antonio i can do that for minus four and then I get Antonio and I get Lookman with two fixtures. Over Why don't you just do Wood to Antonio? What? And you keep, you say, keep the three single Leeds players. Really? Yeah, I was going to do Wood to Antonio when the Leeds fixture was on. But now I'm thinking if I'm going to use a free transfer, I should either get De Bruyne in or I should get a double game week player in for a Leeds player. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, it's no, really, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you could really do Bamford to Antonio. I don't want to do that. I want Bamford. I want to keep him for the season. Don't I? I think he's a season keeper. Uh, would to Antonio make sense? Because I don't want Wood after this, do I? So that makes sense. No. I, I, I would. I, I, if I was you, I'd do Wood to Antonio and just hope that Leeds go absolutely mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know about. I don't think you need to take a hit. I think your team is is yeah. strong without the hit. Yeah. I don't think you need to be getting rid of Mane for De Bruyne. And I don't yeah. think you want to lock yourself into 3C. But so, 
you know, bear in mind, I'm 1.2 million in the world. So I'm not exactly making good <laughs> no, decisions. Although no. I have helped you with sale check this year. You have. Only. <laughs> You're very good with the cheap players. Not so good with the big heavy hitters. Uh, okay, well, I'm more on how, that. Can I, can I just one more? How have you yeah. ended up with Chris Wood as your lone striker? I, well, I, it's a question all Chris Wood ask, owners ask themselves, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know, really, because... He, he he had I, I, how did that how did it emerge that I got Chris Wood? He had good games going into uh, he had good games in seventeen, in sixteen, yeah. and seventeen, didn't he? That's why. He I mean, Pope, Pope is fine. <laughs> Pope, Pope will do well probably at Anfield. He'll probably get me quite a few save points, and Johnston will be all right. So I'm worried, not worried about the keepers. Everyone else looks good, right? It's just Wood and not having De Bruyne is worrying me. And then and then do I upgrade in the Leeds post? Because if it turns out like you say, I'm not going to get in. What am I going to get out of Rafina Bamford and Rodrigo in a in a one nil? Not much, but I don't know. I it's think it's a crazy season though that it wouldn't it wouldn't yeah. surprise me that much if Leeds did win that game four or five. No, it wouldn't surprise Ooh. me if Brighton won it. Three, now you're talking. Yeah, <laughs> is that? Is it, I think it's it is a hard game to predict that yeah. one. I think it's it. I don't think it's going to be as easy as everyone makes out, but you never know. Leeds. Oh, are it's going to go to the wire. I'll I'll tweet about my team as we go before the weekend deadline. I'm just glad the deadline's When's the Friday. deadline? Tomorrow? Saturday. No, it's not tomorrow anymore. Don't say that. It's Saturday now um, okay, because the game is cancelled. Yeah, so we've got time. Let's talk about captains. Uh, we've talked about it already this week, but let's look ahead using the captain matrix. We obviously highlighted De Bruyne for game week 19 with the Palace Villa. So going into this game week, that's the captain that we wanted to have. We're looking at Salah um, instead, perhaps. That sounds like where Azzy's going. We'll look at that in a bit more. But just looking ahead, not having De Bruyne is a problem, given that in 2021 and 22, he is always the strong captain candidate. You can get away without him in 20 because you can go Fernandes at home to Sheffield United, which arguably is stronger. Uh, but in game week 21, you you are in trouble, unless you're backing Fernandes at Arsenal or Salah at West Ham. Not disastrous, but tougher than De Bruyne at home to Sheffield United. You've got to think he's going to punish you in one of these game weeks, 20, 21 or 22, if you don't have him. And that's the worry for me. Um, Then 23, it's back to the Spurs boys because they've got West Brom at home. Fernandes has got Everton at home. Salah's got Man City. So De Bruyne and Salah are kind of cancelling each other out. So having one of Kane or Son or both is back in vogue for game week 23. So that's what you should be planning. Looking at the captain matrix, any thoughts? Looking at that, as what are you what are you thinking of doing? Can't argue it. Can't argue it. I mean, De Bruyne against West West Brom is it's so. I mean, Fernandez v Sheffield United got burnt by that. In fact, wasn't it his like exact fixture? De Bruyne blanked against West Brom, and Fernandez had Sheffield United away. It was. That's was so it? weird. Yeah, because I didn't have De Bruyne and I had Fernandez captained away at Sheffield United, and De Bruyne blanked. And I thought, this is it. This is my chance. Fernandez gets a hat trick and I'm back in it. And then he blanked. In his, his, it was his first away blank for United. That's right. It's the reverse of that. You're absolutely That's right. so weird that it's the same day. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, same as last. I think they both could catch options that week. But I, I'd, back, I'd back De Bruyne. So you're going to have him for 20, are you? You're going to get him in. If you don't get him in for 19, you'll get him for 20. I think the fact Spurs have Liverpool that week means that I can I can do the rejig and I can take um I can get in the two city players. I could get I could get in Diaz and uh, Bruyne for yeah. Trent and Son. Right. Okay. So I think I just think that makes sense. So probably that's probably what I'm gonna do. All right. Um and just looking at this week, we talked about De Bruyne as the 
go-to captaincy option. And in our table, we're showing he's top for minutes per expected goal involvement on penalty in 139.2. And then we've got candidates such as Mane just behind him on 143.7 and Salah 164.3. We've already talked about Fernandes with Liverpool and Fulham away, not going near him because of the threat of suspension. So it's really out of De Bruyne and the Liverpool boys for me. And it, the same for you? Is that how you're thinking? Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing much more to add, really. Just as simple as um, that. I mean, interesting, with the, yeah. with the defences, what I've done is I've gathered up the data for both teams that De Bruyne and Mane and Salah are playing. And, you know, it does point to De Bruyne again over the season. Crystal Palace and Aston Villa combined Minutes per XG conceded 154.7, whereas Man United and Burnley 158.4. Very, very close. So it's actually a lot closer. Uh, it shows you how strong Villa are, that they're comparable to United. And actually, United and Burnley on their day are strong defences, but can also capitulate as well. So it's very difficult to call this. It's not as greatly in De Bruyne's favour as I thought when you look at the opponents and the data behind it. Uh, the last four matches certainly does point more towards Crystal Palace and Aston Villa being more porous than Man United and Burnley, though. So the more recent data, when I mean, you look at it, Palace and Villa have conceded 14 goals over the last four matches, United and Burnley only six combined. But of course, that 14 goals, seven of them were at the hands of Liverpool. So is that Very an nice. outlier? So very tricky. It still, to me, looks to be De Bruyne. And part of me thinks if I don't get De Bruyne in, I'm overthinking and making a mistake again. But it's not as Chris Wood leading the line. Chris Wood leading the line. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you mean. You, it is the kind of thing that you'd be looking back and you, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're black box here and we'd be like, well, obviously we should have got De Bruyne in for a mm. <laughs> double game week against Palace and Villa. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, the, the two you haven't got on the list. Well, not the two. The one you haven't got list is um, is Vardy. Mm. Uh, who I know you're not a massive fan of, and it never kind of enters into your your, your thoughts for, for it. But no, he is the kind of player who could could do well in in these weeks if he if he plays both. I mean, his minutes are being managed a bit more. Um, you know, he's got a bit of a dodgy. What is it? Is his, his knee it's or a his, hip? Is it? Is it? A hip? His hip. That's it. Yeah, yeah it's hip. Yeah. Um, so that obviously happens to be a bit careful with that. But he's the kind of player who, you know. Talk about a talisman. He's got the penalties as well. He, he he's one that I could consider. I mean, one player that could potentially be a captain option, and we see it historically in double game weeks with defenders. Cancelo. Yeah, I've seen people with that. Oh, we I, he plays both games. This is the thing. I, if Pep hadn't said that he's like tired and needs a rest, and then plays him for ninety minutes against Brighton. Um, I think I would be seriously considering going for him. Um, I think, you know, he this the, the, the haul is coming. I'm sure it is. I've never been more sure about anything in my life that a massive Cancelo haul is coming. And if you hit it, uh, and this could be the week for it, you're you're in for a for a massive one. But I think at this stage I'd be I'd be happy with the with the haul and not risk the captain on him because I think the the rest could could come. You got me thinking but, though. Yeah. You've got me yeah, thinking got me about thinking. that. Yeah, if I was absolutely sure we played both games, I would entertain that idea. Me too. Seriously. The trouble is we've just come off the back of that Sterling punt. So <laughs> you know how it is when you've when you've stuck your neck on and gone for a risk and it, and you get hurt with it, you almost it's like having your heart broken, isn't it? It's like 
you want to be more protective for the next few encounters. And that's how I look at this next game week. I go, oh, I'm still smarting a bit. It's still a bit raw. I just want to play safe. But maybe that's wrong. Maybe mm. I, again, I can hear late riser screaming at the screen, going, "No, that's not your natural yes, game." I, I know, I know. <laughs> um, you have, have you ever captain a defender before? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, um, I think I've done Alonso before. Done Alonso in a double game week before. Don't think it turned out that well. Um, I regret <laughs> not doing Trent last season. Obviously, I went Mane instead, but I should have gone. Yeah, Trent. I did Trent last year. Yeah, well done. Yeah, Ivanovic, Ivanovic back in the days. Remember Laporte, Laporte getting like 15, yeah. 18 points or something. I mean, defenders do well in, in double game weeks because you only need a, a, an att- one attacking return and a clean sheet and three bonus in each and they're, you're laughing. Yeah. And the thing is, when City aren't winning games by big margins... Duffy, everyone's saying in the chat, sorry. <laughs> yeah, when City Shane don't win Duffy. games by big margins, defenders can get yeah. bonus. Yeah. And we saw it the other night. And... um Oh dear, that's tempting, isn't it? We'll end on that. We'll end on that. But you know what I mean about we're still hurting a little bit. You want to be more cautious, perhaps. I mean, off off the back of Sterling, it's harder to make that call. If I had a decent free hit game week and ping, things came in, I'd be more bullshy. I'd go for it. Don't know if I've got yeah. it in there. I st- it's difficult. I've been Sterling wasn't a bad call. Like the, the, no. all the signs were there that we would play. The Brighton would, would look like a good fixture. He could have, you know, if he scores that penalty, we're sat here saying we're we're geniuses, <laughs> and you know we went for it and it paid off. He outscored Son, Rashford, everyone. Um, it's such a such a fine margins in, in FPL, particularly this season. It really does feel like it's it's uh, you know it's ultra harsh when you try and be a bit what, different what's that um, what's that what's that rustling is that is that rash the picture of rash uh raheem sterling rustling around in the bin behind you is he actually in the be, bin actually. behind you still is he moving yeah he is, yeah. is, that, is can you you're at, there he is in the bin still i mean <laughs> do you think he's ever going to come out of the bin do you think that's it yeah he will he will eventually he's um you know he's, he's he's in my bad books, but I, you know the, the wall the wall up there for anyone who doesn't know are, are my FPL players of of the last three seasons. So Pascal Gross, Sadio Mane, and Sterling last year. So you know he's he's still a hero of mine. Um, yeah, as Granville says, uh, Sinbin. He's just in the Sinbin for right. a bit. He'll, 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 he'll probably be back next week when I've forgiven him. All right, we'll end on that. Um, do your <laughs> do your regular smashing lights. Been a good show. Really enjoyed it. I don't know where yeah, I'm going to really go fun. with my team. Don't know what I'm going to do with my captains but you've given me food for thought. Um, I think next week we're due to do the, the black box retrospective and look back at Ooh, our season. Are we? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the Halfway week I point. had in mind. Yeah, yeah. So that's oh. what we'll do next week. We're going to need a long show to cover my... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It might not be. We'll have, we'll have a look, but we, we're overdue to do that, to look back at some of our decisions, some of our transfers and, and, and appraise it and see if we can learn anything from it. Um, but for tonight, it's, uh, it's, it's just left to smash and like, isn't it? Just a smashing up. Yeah, 1,559 watching right now, uh, which is really nice. Thank you for watching and listening on all whatever you're listening and watching on. Uh, obviously, smash the like button, as always. Uh, make sure you're subscribed so you can get any of the... We did a free hit uh, stream on Monday night with Luke, uh, which you know you wouldn't kind of get noticed, notified about unless you subscribe, so it's worth doing. But yeah, thanks for supporting us, and we will see you next week. We will indeed. And uh, hopefully we'll do more of those uh, impromptu streams because we enjoy them. So please do sub to get alerts on those and we'll see you. don't know what day it'll be, but it'll be probably next Wednesday. Yeah, whenever. As usual.
it's a good night for me. Good night, everyone. Podcast Network.